Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. This is how we do it. Ninja. Ninja. Damn. I love it. Hey, thanks for Um, having me on the show, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. You know, you, um, you traveled here all the way from, uh, Massachusetts, right? From Worcester. From Worcester. From Worcester? Yeah. A lot of people butcher it because the way you spell it is W-O-R-C like cat E-S-T-E-R. So a lot of people say Worcester, but it's Worcester. Yeah. I come from the Northeast. Um, landed in Austin. The last Thursday, two days ago. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but the last bit devs, whoever listens to this. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, this has been, well, it's been a year. I, I like to tell people this story, but I remember- Has it been a year? Well, this is the story, right? So I remember a year ago or so, a little over a year ago, I, I got the job out on chain uh, and I was looking for information on Austin and then the universe brought me the car. <sighs> don't say it like that. Uh, how do you want me to say it? That's the realness. <laughs> universe brought you to Austin. Well, I wasn't in Austin yet. Well, what I meant is I reached out in the ethos of Twitter, right? Which is probably a bad idea if you really think about it. But car answered, right? I didn't know who car was. Uh, you had like- I Well, did, you knew because you knew uh, Vlad. Vlad. I think that That's was how after. we knew each other. I think that was after though. Or was it around that same time? No, it was around the same time. All right. Well, either way, it was at the time when you had like the, um, the NIM, right? Like you didn't have like your face. You had like the- like, 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 Oh, I had the paratrooper, the Bitcoin paratrooper. Yeah, yep, bingo. So I like, still I, use that one, dude. That's I, such a boss. Uh, that's a local is. artist, by the way, who did that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice, man. It's so you Bitcoin had that- Bitcoin paratrooper. I need to make that a sticker. Anyway, go for it. No, 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 no. You should, because that, that is a dope uh, logo icon. Um, but anyways, you were like, hey, man, let's bring this conversation over to Clubhouse. And I was like, all right, I don't know who this guy is. You know, I don't, but let, let's do it. Yeah, it was just me and you, right? Yeah. And it was just me and you in the room. And then immediately you were just like, hey, man, you know, gave me a little bit of lowdown, told me that Austin was where I was at, told me that you were here pretty much your whole life. Um, but the real important part there was, when are you coming out here? Did I say that? Something along that line. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, what? Like, why is this guy being so. I was a little creeped out, to be perfectly frank with you. What? To like, to tell you to come out here or. Not just the fact that like where I'm from, you don't really, that, that, that I guess Southern hospitality is not really a thing. Obviously it's in the Northeast. Yeah. But. So yeah, I get that. So uh, I, I was a little bit hesitant. I was like, this guy's kind of up to shadiness and you know, I don't really know what's going on, but yeah, you told me, Austin Hey, is. when you're down here, give me a call, you know, we'll sit down, we'll have some dinner and we'll talk more. And just to fast forward this story, that's exactly what happened. I came out to meet the Unchained team and then I reached out to you. Even when I reached out to you, I was like, he's probably going to front on this one. And nah, like you pulled up high like half hour later and we went out to eat uh, and 
here we are, right? It's one of those things. Uh, I saw you... I saw you on Twitter because you were working with Vlad and I had known Vlad when I was a shit coiner. So he was always, um, he was always like checking in on me from time to time to see like what was going on when I was going to make the move to Bitcoin and stuff. Shout out to Vlad, by the way. Yeah, that guy's amazing. He's just, dude, that dude, most people don't realize, but just real quick, that guy has uh, taught me so much from afar. And then I've had conversations with him, but Vlad has like, he really uh, opened his, um, his network to me yeah. uh, in the beginning days when I was trying to go from Thriller Crypto to Thriller Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Vlad, dude. Shout out to Vlad. Yeah. Hard. He's the one that, he's the how I found out about you. He's a hard worker. Um, shout out to the magazine. He's still doing those prints. Yeah. He sent me that. We but, have one at Blah Blah. Yeah. I think I had like the original first one, the numbered one. Uh, he's the one that inspired me to work on this zine that I'm working on right now. Like, yeah. He's the reason, but I'm, obviously I can't do it like as badass as he can. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he plays he's, instruments he's, and everything, right? Oh, dude, the guy's a multi-talented. I don't. He's one of those guys where I, I don't understand why he doesn't get put on more. Like, um, I, th- I think it's the overseas thing. Well, is that I, what it is? I, well, let me not speak. Maybe the the overseas crowd loves them like they love us here, right? But I think a lot of the friction is is that like a lot of the U.S. listeners are maybe not listening for that necessarily. Concept. But this is where like I think like our little clique that we have, it's like this Bitcoin underground thing, right? Like True. last, like like it's like me, you, Vlad, and there's like a couple other like base Bitcoiners that have like came up at the same time and we all know each other and we all like, you know, dig each other's work and we're always critiquing each other behind the scenes, yeah. like how we can improve on and stuff. But yeah. uh, these underground, these Bitcoin underground that like group of podcasters, like those are the people I love. Yeah. I'm a friend that he, yeah. uh, he, he, he's similar to you. He, uh, he talking in bits when it was very early on. He, uh, he basically reached out to me and was like, Hey man, I got this, the big, the Bitcoin takeover radio. Right. Oh yeah. He reached out to me for that too. Yeah. He was like, Hey, if you want to just be on, I'm basically just putting music and I'm mixing a bunch of podcasts or whatever. And that's kind of like one of the first, uh, talking in bits spotlights that I was able to get. Uh, and I didn't have to give Vlad anything that was just off the strength. Every, every, um, excuse me, every, every, um, I think every thing needs that. You need a guy like that. Who's like so underground, but like completely based. And he's like, he's off to, 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 to like doing his own thing, making his own way. And he kind of leads the the underground charge. At least that's who I always looked up to as far as like yeah. what I was doing here in Austin was like, how, how does Vlad do it? How did, but, uh, he's still doing it to this day. He still does it to this day and he yeah. doesn't get any credit, but, uh, yeah. Shout out to Vlad, man. That guy's shout a out real to Vlad, one. Yeah. Uh, endless amount of thanks to Vlad. Hell yeah. He's the one that hooked us up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. this whole conversation is in part to Vlad. Yeah. Uh, now you can cut the check, Vlad, because this is a senior, <laughs> <laughs> senior sponsor. Yeah. Vlad's a good dude. Volturo. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that. Uh, you know what I like? Just to get off of nah. Vlad here, but the one thing I like about Vlad too is, um, boy, does he know how to eat up McCormick. Ah, oh, dude, he hates Peter, right? For really good reason. He wrote a whole article about it, but for really good reason, though. I wonder why, though. Because he sees a lot of the things that uh, most of us see, but are, I wouldn't say scared to bring up, but like, we kind of don't want to engage in it. And Vlad is like, nah, I'm engaging. Like this yeah, guy is a charlatan. Sense. This guy is a LARP. And, and Vlad has a lot of good intention behind that. Um, he brought up a really good point earlier in the tweet too that I had a comment where it's like, um, when it comes to Yudi's, uh, speaking of McCormick, his most recent McCormick episode. Why is that being blasted all over my Twitter feed? That was Vlad's point, which is like, oh, Bitcoiners, I don't waste my time with shit corners. But McCormick gets like 90 million views, right, on this stuff. And it's like, I, I agree with him. It's like a lot of Bitcoiners are just, I don't even think they, they, they don't understand what they say. Like they just say shit just to say shit. Yeah. 
And you can tell on most of them, it's like a lot of LARPing, you know, it. you see it all the time. I think that's a reason why I don't really engage much on, on Bitcoin Twitter. And uh, whoever's listening to this is probably going to be like, oh, yeah, I've been using Domus lately, bro. Yeah, hit me up with Domus, man. How you put it's, that it's, up? It's, uh, it's William's project. Yep. Uh, it's it's off based off the Nostra protocol. Yeah. Super's been uh, messing around with it for like almost a year at this point. Um, but it's finally at a state now where it's like, cool. Now it can, it's actually, now it's actually usable for, uh, a, a normie pleb like me, yep. you know, to use it. Like it's, it's, it's gone past the developer threshold of like, okay, still being iterated. Like, and it's not completely decentralized. So my understanding, it's like only like 15 relays. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me on that, but yeah. it's like 15 relays. So it, like, eventually it's going to get to a point where we'll be decentralized kind of like Bitcoin, but it's still early and it'll be a good part of the stack. Like it'll be like the money stack, the the communication stack, which will be Noster. And then you, and then like applications get built on that. And this is where like, you look at kind of like uh, Ethereum and how they screwed up, right? Like they, they did it the completely wrong way. <laughs> they made the token, like they've committed so many sins, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and uh, when I look at the way Bitcoin and Lightning is being implemented, it's like, no, this is how you do it. Like you have Noster, communication stack, you have Bitcoin, you have Lightning. And this is where you kind of look at these other projects. Like, and you know, I don't want to shit on uh, one of these bigger projects like Impervious, but I, you know, I love those guys, but Please do. it's like, uh, no, no, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, and I could be talking out of my element here, but it's like, does it all have to be under one kind of thing? Can it, can it just be broken out? And, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get two different versions. We'll see that version and a lot of people will flock to that. And then right. we'll have this other version. And I think that's kind of where it's going, where it's just like spraying and praying and hoping that one of these things hits that gets out to the, to the mainstream. Now, when you say communication part of the stack, are you talking about like messenger direct or are you talking about like social media? So I'm thinking like if like Domus, for example, right? Like right. they're going to build out and I could be wrong. Maybe William can correct me on this, but like he's going to build out like, he has like this Twitter thing looks very yep. similar to Twitter. Uh, but then you have like this, uh, this lightning implementation to it. Right. So you can start doing tips kind of like you do on Stacker News. This is where like Keon and Oscar, excuse me, we ate pluckers earlier. Yeah. <laughs> this is where like, uh, this is where like uh, Keon was early and Oscar were early with like value for value and how you build a community around lightning and like the, the we can talk about that later, but yeah. Uh, but with Domus, it's this, it's building this communication protocol on top of Nostra, right? Like that's first. Right. And then you get it decentralized enough with enough relays. And we just, we covered this earlier with the uh, super. So go listen to that path previous episode he explains it better than I do. So I'm literally just like parodying what my limit understanding is. And then you have lightning on top of it. Right. And then it gets tipped out through Domus. Uh, and then you start seeing the incentives get created. And then that just funnels in more community kind of where you're seeing stacker news right now. It's just up and to the right. And it's like, why does that happen? Well, it happens because like people don't get it. Like it's about community. Yeah. And until these people get it, you're, you're going to like, if we, if people really believe that we're headed to this world, uh, where, uh, where, where Bitcoin becomes the standard, if yeah. we really believe this, then it, it's going to come down to like, who do you want to, who do you want to do business with? Yeah. You don't want to do business with your community. Yeah. And if you don't have a community, then like, good luck. Yeah. I don't really think these people believe it though. Really? Whoa. I just don't. It's just their behavior says otherwise. I think people just like, um, like say you were eating at a restaurant, right? And you're having civil discussion, but in the background you see somebody grab their plate and throw it in the face of somebody else, right? Okay. You're going you're gonna to leave that conversation that you're having, that serious conversation that you're having. Your focus is intentions immediately going to go to the, the bullshit, right? To the, the plate being thrown in somebody else's face. And I think that's what happens with the majority on Bitcoin Twitter. I think it's like a lot of people know the principles, the morals, the reason for Bitcoin, the reason why we do this, why we're going to win, where we're going to go, where it's going. But then as soon as they see the first plate get thrown, they just completely disown and abandon that. 
And then they go and they start like just basically just I like the meme where like the two girls are fighting and the kids in the background smoking the bong. Do you know that meme? Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens the majority of the time. And then people literally just abandon anything, community, anything that they stood for maybe a day or a week ago before. And I think Vlad's point was on that. It's like, fam, are you with the community or are you not against the community? I think your point is that same exact thing. Are you with what you were saying we're doing and what we're working on or are you with the shits and the other stuff? It might be just a lot of LARPing, right? It's a, that's what I mean. It's a hundred percent LARPing. But the thing is, there's so much of it that. It but how do you tell the real LARPers or the real LARPers, yeah. the real Bitcoiners from like the, the LARPers? Time. 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 Yeah. You just got to just like, you know, play like I, I passively use Twitter in the back sense where like I sure talking a bit stuff. Maybe I post every now and then. But what I'm really doing is just watching. Right. And watching people I care about, by the way, not watching anybody that Joe Blow that's go by my feed. And over time, people just expose themselves over time. Things they say things they post, how they behave. And that's kind of how I function. And then it's my decision to either continue to interact with that person, whether it's in business, whether it's in you know, content or whether it's friendship or just not. Right? And you're right. The majority of the people end up in the not section because they'll start on this, you know, repeating the mission and being like chat boxes about Bitcoin does this. They'll retweet the 21 million supply cap and freedom fighting technology and all these like cliche things that we talk about all the time. And then you just watch them over time. And then, like I said a little while ago, once the dish flies across the room, they just abandon that. Right? Yeah. And then they just end up in a different arena. Like the McCormack UD episode is a perfect example. And the recent Nick Carter situation with the Bitcoin Maxis is that same exact example. These guys are master marketers. These guys understand how to get attention, how to like, you know, tilt the whole thing over so everybody starts to lose their mind and they use that to their advantage. And Bitcoiners, although we know the mission, although we know we're separating money and state, although we know what we're doing, damn it, the majority of people on Bitcoin Twitter just can't help but being in Nick Carter's comments, trying to like talk that man out of being a venture capitalist. Yo, stop wasting your energy. We have a lot to do in Bitcoin. There's so much left to do in Bitcoin. Dude, that's why I don't even use Twitter anymore. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, and it's that's why I'm going to move to those It's those a complete platforms. joke. It's a complete joke. It really is. And maybe like, it's my it, algo, but it doesn't sound like it. It, 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 it's just it literally is a joke. Yeah. Like, uh, it's 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 no longer what it was intended to do, right? Like, sure. this is where Twitter is not going to make it. I'm sorry. Um, this is why, you know. But it, it's just facts, bro. Like, yeah. uh, it's we shifted. Like, there was this old world, you know. Yep. Where we had to, you know, be in these centralized systems. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> like it's completely done. I agree. Uh, like super invented the, the bull run. Yeah. Uh, and uh, good luck. Good luck, Uber. Like uh, same thing. Like there's Reddit. Good luck, Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's not going to work. It's and not. it's just kind of funny because like you have all these people like so hoping that these centralized systems will work. And it's just like, no, it's not, dude. It's 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 moved. The ship has sailed. And it's like the sooner people realize that you have to build a community and build decentralized systems and we all have to be open and a protocol just like Bitcoin. Yeah. Until you get that, you're not going to make it. You probably right. have already made it and good for you, but you're just not going to uh, you're not going to be able to uh, continue this grift or continue these these LARPing because people aren't going to want you in their community. Right. Uh, and, and, and like you're already starting to see it now with like Domus and, and Stacker News, like people are defecting to those platforms now yeah. because like BT has just became a, a, I mean, dude, the other day, I forget who it was, but like, it was like, uh, it was so fiat, bro. It was so fiat. Like, and I don't know who these people are, Yeah, but it was like, it was like a, a like, it was like a, it was like a tabloid and there was like all these like personalities on the tabloid and it was just like, what have we done? Like we yeah. literally have recreated 
the fiat world in the Bitcoin world. And to me, that was like a red flag of like, oh, dude. Yeah. What am I a part of? Like, nope, I'm moving over here to these decentralized systems because that's where the smart people are at. Like, absolutely. Uh, they're not hanging around on BT all day. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I use BT and I, I think it's great and it's good for like communicating with your friends. Uh, you know, it's good for, for that. And it's a great note-taking app. I've been using it for note-taking and then like a micro diary. Like people will ignore those too. It's, it's the best thing in the world because yeah. like, I'll just like, I'll put up a, a, an image that's inspired me lately or something. And then I'll go back later and I'll be like, Oh, sure. that's what I was singing that day. Or, like I'll remember what was that idea I had? And I go back and I look at it. Yeah. Like, oh, that was where the idea. That's all it's there for now for me. It's that like, was the original concept of that stuff, right? That's like, what Keon I, was telling me. Yeah. yeah, I remember like when you when we talked about like when you went as far back as MySpace and stuff. It was always the idea that like this is your digital bedroom wall, and you could put up the poster of what your favorite stuff is, right? Yeah. I mean, don't don't be judging me, you, dude. I kind of want to I kind of want to make a decentralized MySpace again. That'd be fire. I know, bro. Like, cause yeah. that's all we want. Like, yeah. Just I kind of want, stuff. I, yeah, yeah. I kind of think that'd be cool to do a decentralized MySpace. Yeah. I think actually it would work. Well, you know the people that can make it happen. Oh yeah, the guys in Blood Blood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You could do that. In a heartbeat, oh yeah, yeah, dude. No, that's interesting. But the the, the community aspect is hundred percent correct because I always like to think back to like my first exposure with uh, decentralized anything, and it was like you know the Kazaa right and LimeWire of the days right when you used to be able to. So the only reason that worked is because I was able to seed um, you know the full season of The Sopranos or whatever from other community members. If there was no community there, then I couldn't see the content from anybody and I couldn't get it from anybody. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're right. People are missing the whole point that decentralized is one thing, but decentralized with a community attached to it. Is That's how it works. It's the only way it works. It's the only way it works. So like, this is where like, but on Bitcoin, people will get it. Um, yeah, people will get it. I, I think, I think, I think there's like, this is where it goes back to the Bitcoin underground thing. Like, yeah. This is where like these group of people True. understand it before the rest of the industry does. And that's okay. Like, but they'll, they'll see it and then they'll, they'll implement it too as well too. Yeah. Uh, selfishly, that, I don't even want them to get it. Right. Because no, I think they should. I think it's good for the ecosystem. I know ultimately they will. And I'm not saying that forever. I, like I, I have a show for that reason to share this information with as many people as possible. Yeah, because if you think about it, dude, we're at the ground level. Like yeah. we're at the front lines. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like who else is at the uh, front lines? I want to lines? remind you that the front line. I'm people... looking over to my shoulder. I see you looking over my shoulder. I see Keon and these other guys building and And then I don't remind you that the front line always gets slaughtered first. Just hey, I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be clever in the sense that I want to hold the front line for, but I don't want to die. I think you come. I think you come out more like a like. There's some people that make it past. Uh, Who? I'm just saying. Like, look back at the biggest history wars in history, and I don't remember any of the names. This is of the where, like, line. excuse me. This is where. Man, this these this wings. These we should have not ate before we got here. Uh, <laughs> this is where, like, I. Uh, you know, honestly, I I don't think uh, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. Believe what? That front line doesn't get slaughtered? No, no. Oh. I think in actual <laughs> war it does, but I, I, this whole thing, like, we need to be afraid and, and, like, I don't buy it. I didn't say afraid. I said smart. I want to make it home to see my family. I don't, I don't believe this whole, like, uh, they're going to come after. Nah, bro. If you hide in the dark, you're going to get, you're going to get, uh. Oh, that's not what I meant either. But you know what I mean? Like, I do know what you mean, but that's not what I meant. It's yeah, like yeah. they're going to come out for you if you're, if you're trying to hide. Something. I just meant that like, you know, it, it's it, and just to make a correlation. So there's a show on HBO um, and this is not a plug in because they didn't cut a check. <laughs> I always have to <laughs> say that. You trying to get uh, HBO and uh, I'm not saying that, well, but what I'm happening is, is nowadays when you um, when you speak about something just to make a point, like I'm trying to do now, a lot of people either immediately think that it's an ad 
or no, this is just simply something that I watch and I want to correlate to tell the story. So there's a show called The Anarchist, right? Uh, or The Anarchist, plural. And basic, long story short, it's basically about like this in Acapulco, Mexico, that had the anarchist convention and all that good stuff. But well, one of those people, and they talk about Bitcoin a lot during this, because uh, Roger Ver was there, it was there around that time or whatever. But what happens is, is ultimately is it's like the real, I guess if you want to call it the pleb anarchists that were actually like living the life instead of just talking about it, started noticing kind of what happens in Bitcoin Miami, right? Where it's like, oh, you just got a bunch of business suits up there. Like you guys are not even really honoring what this thing is about or talking about with it. So the, the, the pleb anarchists were basically like, oh, these guys that are on stage are not even real anarchists. How come you're not having us go up there and explain to you what it is to live this way? and live away from the government and live all this stuff. Instead, you're getting Roger Bear, right? Or you're getting dudes with suits, business people, to go there and explain to you how to be, in this example, an anarchist, or in our example, a Bitcoiner. You're going hard in the paint tonight. Hey, man, I have to. That's my, that's my thing. <laughs> so my, my point is that, is that yeah, I, it, our, our consistent trend that we continue to go here is, is that, like, there's people that are really doing this. There's people that are really in the front lines, people that are really grinding and understanding and don't lose that mission. And then there's everybody else. There's Bitcoin Twitter. And then those are the ones that, those should be the frontliners that get slaughtered. And we should be the ones that are smartly <laughs> navigating to the bag to be generals, which we will be. I, um, I don't even want to be a maybe general. Maybe that's a bad analogy. You get I, it. I, I, think, I, think, like, I think those kind of platforms, like the one in Miami, I think those are great for uh, getting the, the normies in. Like, I think, the, yeah. I think they all have their funnels, right? Like, this is the kind of thing we were talking sure. about earlier. Like, it's like, th- those Miami conferences are made for, like, a, a large majority of funnels. Like, that's not... Like that's not where you go to yeah. uh to like hang out with your friends. I mean, yeah, I guess it's a good vacation, but like yeah. that's just for CNBCs and the NBCs and the NBCs so they can look and say and point at the Bitcoiners, like sure. or or the crypto people. Sure. Yeah, because <laughs> now it's like crypto, so it's like that's the crypto people doing yeah. their yearly thing, and that's that's good for everybody because it gets everybody attention. Right. But like, ah, you're being it, too it, nice. it, 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 it does though. Right. It like, does let's not be way. naive. It does. But, uh, at the same time, like you go to these other places like TabConf, you go to Bitcoin plus plus for like the developers and the builders who are actually doing the hard work. Then you go to like, you know, the, the, the max, I guess that you would call them the, the maximalists now or whatever yeah. you call them, bit block boom these days. Uh, yeah. uh, but like, it's like, that's where you would go for that. It's, yeah, well, see, I, I, I disagree in, one, in, in a small way. You're right. That's how those conferences work, and you can kind of pick which one you want to do. But my thing is this, right? If we're talking about a pleb, average nine-to-five worker, somebody who grinded it out, you could probably only afford to go to one of these. So you're saying there should be a pleb conference? There should be. But what I'm saying is, is that if you mistakenly choose Bitcoin Miami, right, you're going to end up seeing a lot of suit and ties that are giving you a lot of nonsense, a lot of noise, what I call on the show buffoonery, Right, Buffo- what are you saying? Buffoonery, buffoonery, buffoons. Buffo- yeah, because they just buffoons. So it's, I don't even know if it's a real word, but I say it on the show all the time. Matter of fact, somebody gave me a boost for that. Shout out to them. Uh, somebody <laughs> hey, was, give them a boost right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's we'll put a boost up for the buffoonery. Um, <laughs> but you know, say you pay, you know, you get to Miami, and then you know you're trying to find the signal, but because that conference is set up that way, you find no signal, and instead you find lost. I remember in Miami, they were even they, they, I forgot the name of the, the wallet, but they were giving this wallet that was basically like claiming that there was the most secure wallet. They were handing it out for free on, on, on in the conference. And it was basically the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, was that the one that they gave out to all the people that got there the first day of the industry? Right. And there was a way uh, to get rug pulled. That was like the most like... No, I didn't pick that up. I, I like, right. walked right past this stuff. But like put yourself in the example of the person, looking, like the new or newbie, as you said a little while ago, right? They chose Miami. They spent, let's say, two, three weeks worth of... I didn't uh, know that was a rug pull wallet. 
privacy wise it was. I mean, I don't know if the company was actually rug pulling people, but if you put your Bitcoin on that wallet, you probably don't uh, have Bitcoin anymore. <laughs> that's not good, man. So they see what I'm saying? And that was sponsored. Uh, I actually read a big article about this. That was the, the sponsors who brought them on there and allowed them to give that wallet out was Bitcoin Magazine. That's yeah. bad luck, right? So like, I know Bitcoin Magazine also does great things, but we have to call a spade a spade. And if you only had one and enough money to either make it to Tabcom or to Miami and you chose Miami for whatever reason, you probably got a lot of bullshit out of that Miami conference that didn't do anything towards your journey. A lot of noise and no signal. So those, those, my point is those conferences those shouldn't be designed like that because the real plebs, maybe like the Matt Odell's of the world that were in the opposite stage, right? That were running their own stuff. That's where I was hanging out. I was hanging out on the open source stage. But we're thinking about the newbie here. When I think about Carr, the guy who knows or the guy that's based or whatever, and maybe some newbies did get, carry over. But when the newbies come in, they get bombarded with Michael Saylor and blah, blah, blah. Right, you heard it here first. Me and Jose are doing a pleb conference. Let's do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> we need a place where like, if you spend three weeks worth of paycheck and it shouldn't even cost that much. Nah, anyway. It should be like five bucks. So we're talking about travel and everything, right? Some things that are out of our control, out of the conference's control. It wouldn't be that hard to do it. Hotel rooms and everything. All right. Well, cars trying to drop it to five bucks. Uh, oh, you know what I mean? Like I would do it for free. The but... ticket for the show should be cheap. Yeah. But they, it's like a B B Y L B. Bring your own or B Y L L. Bring your own lunch. Right, <laughs> we all sit around like plebs. But you and I can't cover hotel rooms. I'm sorry. Well, I can't. We have like cardboard in the background. This is the line. <laughs> it's like super pleb, bro. That'll be that'll give more signal. It, right? it would just be like uh, somebody up there with a microphone. It'll look like a rally or something. It would be a real microphone. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be like the old wrestling microphone. Pleb conf. You heard it here first. Yeah, it, but that'll be a lot more signal. And the thing is that is the thing I worry about is that the reason I go, I guess, on what people will call tangents on my show is because I care so much that a lot of people, especially You're passionate man. Yeah, a lot of newbies are coming in and they're getting wrecked because the majority of the attention is being given to the suit and ties. And back to the example of the anarchists, to like the dudes that didn't know nothing about anarchy, but were there because they so were- So how do they find you then? That's a good question. And that's a constant battle. Um, you know, obviously we already know uh, word of word mouth, doing stuff like this, podcasts like this is the best way to do that. Um, because I would say go find me on Twitter, but I don't even know if your algorithm is going to show me to you. Right. So like, yeah. I don't. Right. So I just I do. hardly even see yours. No. Yeah. Likewise. I, I barely see. And I don't know why it would be like, we are like literally like if we ended under this concept that I need to turn on the bell for you. Yeah. What's the bell? Or you turn on the bell so you can see every, uh, every, every tweet. Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, if you're going to go, oh, you mean cuss. like in this show? Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Every cuss, dude, you're going to have like a hundred. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe we should do that. But why do we have to do that? It's because Twitter's broken. Right. But if they're supposedly snooping into our phones, they know that we have our, each other's contacts. They know that we talk to I should, you should be, and I should be the first people we see when we log on Twitter. Yeah, that is weird, right? But it's, once again, it's all about, like you said, crypto. It's all about a bigger initiative that isn't about getting you signal. Uh, and then my, my big thing is, is I'm not going to waste energy on other stuff either. Right. So like, and the, and those Nick Carter examples, like I know marketing, I know like you, you, did you ever watch wrestling when you were growing up? Yeah, a little bit. All right, right. Where well, in wrestling, you pick your favorite wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, whatever, just to be easy, or, or The Rock, or whatever, right? Like, the script had them to be the good guy. Eventually, they did something wrong that made them the bad guy, and the fans hated it. Boo! Boo! And then eventually, the story narrative changed again for them to be the good guy again. Oh, so, you're saying, like, Bitcoin Twitter is like wrestling? I'm saying that a lot of these guys that are smart, like the Nick Carters of the world, uh, those guys know that. And they know that if they go out and they could be the become, boo, the bad guy, Bitcoin, Bitcoin maximalist, or this, or this, and that. They're getting hundreds and thousands of likes, comments, tweets, 
their face, their comments, their posts, yeah. they're getting all this. And then you'll see. Give it some time because as we we're saying in this combo, He'll people, come back. people shift their narrative when the plate is thrown. They'll forget all about Nick it. Nick Carter will come back, do something supposedly great for Bitcoin. Hey man, it works because people are really dumb. They're extremely dumb. And I think that's that should be the name of this episode. People are extremely dumb. <laughs> we don't have the name. We don't do names. True. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> we don't have names. It's literally just like pleb talk with. I, it is. You're right. Yeah, I follow. I like the show, by the way. So it's an honor to be here. I know I said that in the beginning. <laughs> but I'm being honest, man. Like, I, I value everything you do. And these conversations are. No, nah, these, these are the ones that we have, like, when we're eating and stuff. So it's like, it's funny uh, yeah. to hear it here and let everybody else hear what we talk about. Exactly. Craziness. Exactly. And hopefully, you know, we'll do a more Austin. We can talk about Austin a little bit more. No, it's a. Like, so, uh, what what uh, what brings you to Austin, man? Let the plebs know that you're new in town. What's going on? What's uh, are you just visiting? Uh, That's a heavy question. There's a lot. I'm not visiting. I, I have a uh, we're staying here now for good. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> heard it here first. Heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Jose talking to bits is coming to Austin. Yeah, talking. To would bits you would you a- say that I brought you to Austin? A big piece of that. I take it. Yes, a big piece of that. Um, You're welcome. The, <laughs> you should all be welcome because there's going to be some big things that are coming out of this. Um, that, that's a heavy question. Um, you know, first of all, I'm living out of my suitcase, so uh, which a lot of plebs do anyway. So and now I feel like I'm more plebish. But you brought the whole fam too, right? Right. So I brought the whole fam. So uh, the whole fam. So opportunity. Um, I work out here. That that's a big piece of it. Uh, my relationship with you. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Is, is opportunity, my relationship with you, and the fact that I have a safe employment out here, uh, as far as I can know, nice. which, which gives me a um, somewhat of a better tramp or, or, or net to land on if anything were to go wrong, which I don't expect anything is to go a, wrong. Is it a Bitcoin company you work with? Oh uh, yeah, y'all know there's an Unchained shirt right here. Unchained. Week. Oh okay, I didn't yeah. know if you, everybody yeah, knew this, that. These are actually exclusive to anybody who was. Oh Unchained Week. I remember yeah, Unchained Week last, last November. Yeah. yeah so, um, but this is because I'm living out of a suitcase. Have you so. talked to Drew? Is he still around? Juve, Young Druv. Young Druv. Yeah, yeah. He's still, I don't know. I will man. not call him by his, his, I will not call him that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Juve, if you're listening. He's definitely listening. Yeah, I'm not calling, <laughs> you, I'm not calling you Shatu for this. I'm not calling you Shatu for this. Yeah, yeah. Bro, and I'm that's sorry. not a diss or anything. Yeah, I just, it, 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 every time I see him, he's like, Shatu for the six, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, Juve is still not changed. Juve is, is a great, great guy. I love that. Uh, I, I love him so much. I, I call people great kid because I think I'm He's old, young. He's smart old, as hell, dude. Exactly. So I call He's not a kid. He's a grown-ass man. Uh, but he's a smart dude, great guy, hard worker. That's That oh, must 100%. be said. Uh, but I won't call you Sha. And that's out of love. That's not out of uh, just any spite or whatever. But yeah, Juve is still good. Um, C, uh, CTO Juve, um, CEO Juve. Um, also told me he wanted to come on the show at some point. So that's a big one for me. I have huge, huge respects, but nice, the whole dude. Unchained team, the whole Unchained family is great. Talk about space stuff with him. Yeah, man. Well, I should actually. I got to brush up on my skills. We were talking about it earlier. I used to know a lot about the solar system. Now I Saturday, know very little. Uranus um, and <laughs> Venus. <laughs> that's all I know. Nah. Uh, but yeah, no, the Unchained family is here. But like, once again, my friendship with you, um, the respect that you have for me, and for what I do, um, the belief that you instill in talking a bit and what I can do, um, that all should be known here. Um, obviously, I have confidence in myself, but when you have somebody as successful as Carr, you know, really believing in your product. And this is not like in front of microphones. Like Carr reaches out to me on my personal cell phone and shows me love and says, yo, fam, what you're doing is great. Uh, that stuff allows me to be more bullish on being here. I was telling you on the way driving here to the studio, um, my wife could have pulled the plug on this at any point in time. Like, and she didn't. 
So she's a huge reason I'm here as well. Um, shout out, shout out to Irma, man. Yeah, shout out to Irma. Uh, she's listening. Love you. I appreciate you. Uh, but having people to support you, having people to have your back, even when you think you're doing something out of the ordinary or wrong. I told you, my mom was a mess about this. My mom was really upset, made me upset. Uh, you know, tears, wet works, all that stuff. But I just knew that this is the right thing to do, right? I knew that this is where Jose can be at his very best. Uh, and I could work with people that are doing their very best. Um, well, you're a very intelligent man and you have a strong family behind you. You have a, you have a strong family unit. Um, and like, grateful for that. I think like that's a great foundation, man. And then plus right. you have Bitcoin too. So yeah, you, you have a great foundation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I it's mean, like it's like building that nuclear family. We talked right? about it too, uh, earlier when we were having dinner, um, uh, that, that compass, right? Like you get really nervous about something, you get really scared about something. Uh, and that, tends to mean that you're going in the right direction or you should go towards it. Right. So, yeah. um, I practice, uh, or I read a lot of, of stoicism. Right. And there's this thing that, um, Marcus Aurelius wrote that one of my favorite authors actually here from Bathstrop, Ryan holiday says a lot. I actually have a coin that has this engraved and it's like, um, uh, oh, shoot, I'm a butcher. I'm a paraphrase it, but, um, basically, the the impediment to action impedes action. What stands in the way becomes the way, right? And that's say that slower. Yep. The impediment to action, which in our example here is fear, right? That's impeding action. Uh, advances action, which is the way you should go. Yeah. What stands in the way, the fear becomes the way, right? And then yeah. he ends that with saying the obstacle is the way. Right. He actually has a book. It's a that's, book, yeah. Yeah, right. But it, this is actually... Wait, I a, think I have. I've read that book. It's yeah. one of the... If you haven't read anything... I know he was here in Austin. He's in Bastrop. He's in Bastrop? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. He, he's been like here for 30 miles time. outside of Austin. For right. I, I, I went to Bastrop last time I went. I love it out Did there. Did you it's meet beautiful. him? Uh, no, I went to his bookstore, though. Oh, wow. Didn't get to meet him. But he's a, he's a great guy. Wow. I, you should have him on the pod, man. Yeah, I'm gonna You should. Yeah, he's... I think he was on Rogan lately. But, yeah, he's... Read... Uh, obstacles the way fantastic ego yeah, is the that. enemy is a, is a valuable that book. was another one yeah that's a book that everybody should read everybody yeah, there's like a list of books that uh i always drop on people i don't have yep. my phone with me but um maybe we'll get into some other episode but um i actually in my backpack everywhere i go flights travel what are you reading anywhere. right now huh are you reading anything right now was there anything that you were driving on the way over here listening to i always listen to uh, um there's a there's a um i forgot the title it's a seneca book uh, it's also stoic philosophy it's um it's basically, it's an audio version of it by Tim Ferriss. Um, I actually got my phone here. Hold up. So that's what I'd be listening to a lot. Um, I was up. listening to, uh, while you're, while you're looking for that, um, I was listening to two books. There's, uh, there's one by me and Tristan were talking about. It's called like, uh, I want to make sure I get the wording right. Maybe I'll just look it up real, real quick. The Tao of Seneca. Is the the Tao of Seneca? Yeah, the Tao of Seneca. And this is... Uh, so Seneca is another one of the greatest philosophers. Um, this oh, here, keep talking. I need to plug in this charger. I didn't realize I didn't have the charger on. Yeah, sure. So, so, so Seneca is one of the biggest Stoic philosophers. And uh, towards the later end of Seneca's life, he actually wrote a bunch of letters of wisdom to his good friend Lucilius. Uh, and those letters basically still exist today. And the real interesting thing about these letters is, is although they were written to Lucilius, which is his really good friend, um, they also have a ton of life wisdom in them. Like they're just like loaded with, you know, how, how to, how to um, meditate on your mortality, uh, how to be better in crowds, um, how to be, you know, just a, you know, better mindset. It's just an incredible book. So this Tim Ferriss basically got 
an author to read every single one of those letters to Lucilius. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend that as a read every single morning to anybody. I've read this book uh, literally hundreds of times. Uh, I keep repeating and going back to it. And I also, in my backpack, carry around uh, Marcus Aurelius's meditations. Um, the Gregory Hayes translation for anybody who actually wants to pick that up. Um, actually it's a black cover with a Raven on it. Uh, if you pick up, uh, m- uh, meditations with Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. You've been talking about him for, for almost a year since I, since I met you. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's since 2018, I've been really deep into Marcus. Um, it, it's just the thought that, you know, he, this is, this was the emperor king of Rome. Uh, and still sat down every single night to battle with depression, to battle with anxiety, to battle with fear, um, to try to be a better person for 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 the for the community and for the hive. Right? He, he's big on you know what's good for the bee, what's good for the hive is good for the bee, uh, and certain things like that. And you know, if you think back at Rome and you think about all the tyrannical leaders that ever led Rome, like Emperor Nero and like all these people, they were all tyrants. Right? right. These, these were like. Just evil, the evilest of people literally slaughtering family members, moms, whoever they can get their hands on. And then you get this one guy that practices stoicism from Epictetus from a very young age, right? And that's Marcus, right? And then the events that unfold in Marcus's life. So he goes through one of the biggest plagues ever around in his time. Um, he, 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 he battles um, uh, a coups happening inside of his own regime. Uh, he has a son that's a tyrant himself. Uh, Marcus Aurelius loses seven of his first 10 children, I believe, to death. He fights the stomach ailment that probably ends up being stomach cancer uh, and we didn't know about. All these things happen. Sounds like this Kaiser guy. Soze. I don't know much about Kaiser Soze. But he was a usual suspects in the movie, The Usual Suspects. Damn, I don't remember much about Usual Suspects. Anyway, I gotta go keep back going, to that. keep going. No, well, the thing about that is, is that like, you know, this he had all the reason with his power and with all the things that were happening bad to him to probably be a tyrant himself as well. And instead, what he did is he lived for the people, worked for the people, but also wrote to himself. This is the, the interesting part about meditation. It's literally a diary. You're reading the diary of an emperor, writing to himself and reminding himself, you know, the things that we struggle with getting out of bed in the morning. Right. He has this really long passage about like. You know, what were you here to do? To lay, you know, nice and warm under these sheets, et cetera. We're getting too deep in the stoicism bag. But the point is, is that like, you know, history has already shown us how to cope with the things we can't control and how to face fears and how to face obstacles. Ultimately, I'm in Austin because of opportunity, because of relationships, but because boy, was my compass screaming north. Was my compass telling me this is it. This is the way. This is how you change. Rarely. And I've told this to a lot of the people and a lot of friends back home. At the age of 36 that I am right now, rarely do you get an opportunity to transform your life and your family's life overnight, right? Like one decision changes it all. Usually when you get to the 36s or the later 30s, close to the 40s, you're kind of set. You know what you want to do. You know where you want to go. You keep it going from there. I got that rare opportunity to change it for the better for everybody that's around me and be a leader, which ultimately, as we talked about earlier, when my parents came from Puerto Rico to this country, they awarded me the opportunity to be a leader. And now at this age, I'm getting started on that journey. I'm leading my family. I'm leading through example. And I hope I can help a lot of people along the way. In and out of Bitcoin, by the way. This isn't just in Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, but that's a long-winded answer that basically said, I'm here and, and I'm supposed to be here. It feels right. Yeah, dude. It, it's like today, we've been spending the whole day together. Yeah. Man, dude. It, it, um, it's, like, um, it's like getting my friend. Uh, home. Oh yeah. Uh, and then uh, being around the fam and stuff. Uh, it's like, 
it just feels good, dude. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how to explain it. It's just uh by the way, I'm I'm happy that you say that. Like I, I love that you always say like, you know, your home, man, like your home instead of like, oh, you're in Austin, right? Or like, hey, yeah, you're, dude, it's this like is your home. Your home. Like your home, and it just feels that. good, man. And it feels great. Uh, yeah, man. Like, I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, man. Because like we, we all, we all, I'm always like uh, one of those people where people want my time or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, just come find me wherever I'm at. We'll sure. talk. So it's always hard for me to like call them out or like you know hit them up on Twitter or like whatever it is. It's like it's not because I'm ignoring you. Yeah. Uh, it's just that I'm too busy. And so if you come seek me out and like you come get in my face, we'll have those conversations and that's what I like having you here in Austin. Cause now I can just be like, Hey, I'm, what are you doing today? 10 minutes out. Do you want to just, you know, I need to ask you some questions of what I'm thinking about this particular, you know, thing or whatever. And oh yeah, man. Yeah. No, bounce and ideas and stuff before the answer would be as well. I leave tomorrow. <laughs> like I'll fly out, you know, and yeah, like, I'll fly out here and like, and then we'll spend like two hours talking. Or three hours yeah. Now it's legit. Yeah. I'm yeah. here. Um, plan to be here for the long haul. Uh, and not just, I, I talked to Slim, uh, and I agree with this 100%. Not to just be, um, I guess, uh, uh, he didn't say this, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but like not to be a freeloader, right? To come and contribute. Like that's the big part. <laughs> Dude, you're going to contribute a lot, bro. Yeah, but that's what it, that's something I'm passionate about too. Like, I'm People not have coming, no idea. I'm not pillaging here. I'm here to actually do yeah, something. Yeah, people don't, like, this, this is the man that I'm sitting across. This is an amazing talent. Um, Appreciate that. That's man. one thing I will be, I am kind of egocentric about. The one thing, if there is one thing where I'm like tried and true and I'll be completely honest with people that I'm very egocentric about is like finding talent. Yeah. Uh, and like, I, I have a really good knack of finding really talented people. And uh, I remember when I met you, well, first I saw you from afar, then I had the opportunity to meet you. And then that's when like, it like, it just, it all spelled it out. Like that's one thing where like, um, most people don't realize this, but, um, like a, like a, like Steve jobs, like, mm -hmm. right. He gets, he's like this thing in the space or just like any tech thing. Like people say like, Oh, he, you know, this typical thing, whatever. But most people don't know this thing about, about Steve was there, there was one thing that he like really excelled at and that most people don't realize, but like one thing that I really took from him, if anything else, if like anything else is like, he sought talent out. Like he went and like grabbed talent. And not, not only did he grab talent, he like sat there and waited for them to like that's get him in his like orbit. And like, that's how aggressive you need to be is like, you need to go seek talent out, get them in your orbit, lean on them. And eventually they will come and you, you can then really get them and understand like how they, their process. And you can really start leveling up. Yeah. Uh, he did that with, uh, this is where me and Thomas were talking about it the other day. He did that with Regis McKenna. Uh, like know, Regis McKenna was, exactly. uh, this, like, he was like instr instrumental to the launch of like, uh, to like Intel, uh, to Apple's first personal computer. Like, like mm. he did, he did it all, but like jobs, knowing his, like his industry and knowing how it all worked and like understanding like where the talent was coming from and who was the talent and how to grab them. And like, like, who, like all these things, like he went and sought after this guy, McKenna, and like took him like two years to get him, but he got him. And then they were able to create the 1984 ad. Like mm. these are the things that like most people don't realize or even like right. know or, or like the average pleb would be like, uh, what does this mean? Car? It means that when you see talent, like 
help them any yeah. way you can, because those are the guys that are going to like, those are the guys that need the most help. Right. And that's why when I see you like super talented, I'm like, how do I help this guy? Yeah. Because I just want to be in your orbit. Cause I think at some point it's just going to go. Yeah. Right. That second part is huge though. Like it's one thing to know and see talent, but to be um, likable enough for that talent to care that you exist. Right. Because Let's just say in your example, you're trying to help me as much, but if I don't want your help, meaning like- I can't do anything about it. You see what I'm saying? But so there's a second part to that to be like, A, you're friendly, right? Like you, I want to be around you. I want to have conversation. We build chemistry, which is a talent in itself, which then allows me to open up my door to say, please help me, right? Because if not, I'm just going to be like, man, get out of here. Like I'll figure it out myself, right? Because that's how we are. We kind of bootstrap it. So you have a superpower there in that sense that, you know, Steve Jobs probably had a bunch of different people have. But I wouldn't just say it as easy as like, I could just spot talent and that is what it is. It's the second part of that. It's to be able to spot the talent, help cultivate the talent so you could be in that vicinity. Because yeah, I just want to learn from you. Sure. Like, I want to learn from all these people. Like and the, that could be the, the selfish like reason the, like why. Like the Logans, like, 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 the, like, like, like everybody. I just yeah. want to learn so I can like get my... Just like, just like leveling up your intelligence. Like yeah. it, that's, it's a free education. Absolutely. Most people don't, like most people see people and they're like, oh, that like, how do I make money on them? Or, or how do I take advantage right. of, uh, or like, how do I do this? Or how do I get my way? Dude, like that, that's like, that's so fiat mindset, bro. That is. Like, how do I just be around you so I can absorb what you're, what you're, what you've learned along the way? Right. Like what mistakes I can avoid? And then I can go and run with that. Like, that's right. all I want to know. Yeah. Like, and then like some people won't want to give you that. Right. Right. And you'll find that's very rare. Yeah. Very rare. Especially in Bitcoin. It's very rare. Right. Most people are open. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's always fascinating to me that people look at uh, befriending people as a one-way street. It's just so like, it's so like last century. Yeah, it's uh, that uh, high time preference, basically. It's like the you old. Said. It's like the old uh, San Francisco model, right? Like, was that? Like the like like that's how they were back in the old days. Like it, it, it's like dog eat dog. It was just it, it wasn't like it wasn't like Bitcoin where it's an open protocol and everybody's everybody's contributing. Everybody's if you're open and you're an open as 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 a protocol as Bitcoin, then you're going to facilitate that, and other people will gravitate to you, and you'll help them along the way. And like that's what it's about. It's about building that out. Like I agree, it's bigger than all of us. If you really believe in it, that's what it's about. Yeah, I agree. Um, value for value um, now gets like a, especially in Bitcoin, uh, a quick thought reference of, oh, that just means that I send them sats or we send each other sats back and forth. But ultimately, since the beginning of the time. What you're explaining is just value for value. You're providing me value so that I can give it back to you, right? And that's the long-term approach. Hey, but look at how Jesus lived, right? Like yeah. Jesus did all these things. Yeah. You know, Slim always says he was the baddest outlaw that ever lived. I think that's a hilarious statement, but it's 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 kind of accurate, right? Like yeah. he was against the establishment. They were trying to hunt him down. Yeah. Yeah. And and so like, but he inspired a generation and he still inspires people to this day. And it's like, like if if you're not doing that, like if you're not shooting for that level of impact in the world, like, I don't know, like I, I, maybe it's naive of me to think that, uh, you could, you could reach that point, but. Would you say, um, by definition, Jesus was the first anarchist? I don't know. That's a, he was against the state. That's a spicy take. <laughs> that's why I'm asking. I like, I don't spice. know. I don't know. I don't he, know. He was that. against the state and he flipped out on central bankers. 
<laughs> kind of. <laughs> like that's literally an anarchist by definition. He would have been a Bitcoiner. Yeah. Also a fun fact, um, Jesus was born the same exact year that Seneca was, uh, the philosopher, and they both lived a parallel time. They both taught different uh, parables and journeys. Uh, that was an interesting fun fact. Uh, because I like to think, uh, I, I know that a lot of people, um, you know, Ha, have that one mindset that there was only one thing happening in the world when Jesus was alive. Oh, dude, there's many, right? Many, and it right. comes to different but forms. But a lot of people have tunnel vision. And the thing is like... It's, is- like, it's like Mortal Kombat, choose your character. <laughs> interesting, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah I've, Seneca is one of my favorite philosophers, one of the most, and, and I found that interesting. Literally, yeah, Because it is, like your life is, you know, as a mere mortal, right? Like you yeah. have to, like, you need something there. Um, and this is where I think it goes back to how I used to look at my life before, I made the plunge yep. back to going to the church is like before I used to be anxious. I used to be scared. I used to be fearful. I used to be uh, anxiety ridden. I was a lot of things now. Like once that happened, like it's completely in the light. Like there's, there's, there's no, there's no hiding. Cause you don't have to hide. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, you know, it's just like, this is who I am good or bad. I'm learning all the time, but, uh, all is forgiven. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's a nice, like, um, it's like getting the, the weight off your back. It's just like, it comes falling down because you don't have to worry about like, what's, uh, what's going to be around that corner when I walk down there. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. Cause it's not something I'm worried about. Once you have Jesus on your side, it doesn't like, but that you can only get that. Or maybe for me, I could, I could have only, I could have only gotten that yeah. going that route. I could have never have gotten that you know, with like drugs or alcohol or like, uh, you know, through these other methods. I just, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Like that's what it took for me. And I think most people, if they, once they get to that spot, that's when you're like free. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're free. You, 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 you don't have to worry about anything anymore. Yeah. That's a, that's a powerful, uh, powerful tool in life for sure. Um, I find something similar and like I said, stoic philosophy. I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Just to understand that, like, once again, it, 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 I'm not the emperor of, of, of a country. I'm not any of that. And to know that these people had anxiety and these people had these things and that they were able just to control what they can control, um, that's my blueprint. My, I think Tim Ferriss actually says it best. Uh, stoicism is an operating system for uh, highly efficient people. Right? So it's just, a, it's just something you plug in, something to plug into, and then you just understand. What's in my control is my control and what's not, it's not. So it's sort of that comfort that you're feeling. There's no reason for me to be anxious. I don't control this. I control this. Uh, so yeah, how, how I, I'm always fascinated how people find their operating systems and, and, yeah. and what they tap into. Um, this is a way different rabbit hole, but I'm also interested in psilocybin, uh, which is <laughs> wait, 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 what's that? I've never heard that. It's it's a mushroom. <laughs> oh really? Uh, but yeah, I, I find that um, a lot of research going into it uh, as of lately. But um, when you go into um, I actually want Brandon Quidham on the show. Shout out to Brandon Quidham. I am going to have you on the show at some point uh, to talk about these mushrooms and all this stuff. Uh, Cause he, he, he's been doing this for a very long time, correlating Bitcoin with things like that. Um, but um, psilocybin is basically has come to be um, basically when you go on a, on a certain dosage trip on psilocybin, you basically go to this outer body experiences that I would say arguably gets you closer to the gods. I know that sounds very crazy, but what I mean by that is, is that you get this outer body experiences that seems to make everything around you melt when it comes to like, you know, anxieties, when it comes to like, you just come back from this trip 
understanding that the little things are indeed very little and they're not as drastic as they should be. Some people have explained this as like, literally, I've seen the gods. Some people have literally just been like, hey, I went on this trip where things were just going. Whatever it is, there's something about psilocybin, psilocybin uh, and other different types of mushrooms that basically have the Native Americans all the way back to, in my opinion, passages in the Bible have gotten people to experience outer body experiences that have, they basically live by, meaning Native Americans have many gods, right? They have a God of the sky, God of the water, God of this. But it's also known that Native Americans use mushrooms and, 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 and you know, and like true, true, what do you call them? Um, like ceremonies, basically, right? Where they would be under the influence. They would actually get their young, um, certain tribes. And when they go from teenage to like men, for example, they would go through this trip. They would go through this, you know, uh, ceremony. And they would basically have to come back to their chief and explain to them what it is that they saw during this trip. And that would, in turn, whatever they saw, define the rest of their life. And it would give them their name. It would give them their honor, their badge, and all that. All the way back to, and this is another book that I was reading, that's actual. So there's actual scientific fact that there was uh, psilocybin mushrooms and those type of herbs around the, um, around the landscape, if you want to use that, where Moses saw the burning bush. Right. So this author's argument, and I got that book here, I could drop it, you could drop it in the show notes. It's a really interesting book. Um, leads most, you know, scholars to believe that Moses was actually on a trip, a psilocybin trip. At the time, he wasn't going to write down, hey, I had a bunch of mushrooms and saw this face in a bush. But the experience that he was able to get for that, as you know, was transformative. He was able to believe and get to a certain level of belief that was able to lead crowds. Right. So to this day, psilocybin is doing that same exact thing in a controlled environment for people that have cancer, that have depression, that have addiction. Fun fact, the, the founder of Alcohol Anonymous, which is a very religious group, actually found Alcohol Anonymous while on a psilocybin trip. So like there's a lot of correlations to this drug and this is just a long winded answer. And I don't really like to use the word drug because I get a bad name. Uh, but that's kind of my next venture, bro. Getting into drugs? No, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. Listen, listen, I smoked a ton. Since the age of 13, I smoked a ton of weed. I, I actually like, don't smoke weed anymore, which is great. But I smoked a ton of weed. I, I've done my fair share of drugs and nothing hard. No, like, heroin on that like that. This is not what we brought you to Austin to do. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there's a lot of people in Austin that understand the mushroom trip. Um, but no, no, no. It, it's Are you talking about, like, microdosing mushrooms? Is that what you're talking about? Or is it, like, four? Micro, how, my, much, how much mushrooms do you need to eat? To I've never done mushrooms. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a big... I'm going to say anywhere from five to ten grams. Maybe somebody's listening. Like, like, how much is that, like? That's uh, not microdosing. Microdosing is probably, like, a half a gram. So it'd be, like, as much as this? Probably. That's yeah, like, microdose? Like a cat. Yeah, a mushroom cap, yeah. And I'm not a pro, fam. So anybody, Brandon Quinn would be the guy. <laughs> uh, I'm not a pro or anything. But once again, there's, there's a lot of research coming back into it because the thing is, is that like in the 50s and 60s, when they found LSD, which is one of those closer things, and I didn't want this to turn into the drug podcast. I know, but, it sounds like we're talking yeah, about drugs now. No, no, it's just very Let's fascinating. Let it roll, man. Let's and, see where it goes. But I empower everybody to do their own due diligence. I'm not saying that it influenced the Bible. I'm to go do drugs out there, plebs. Yeah. Well, listen, it, I want to do it in an organized <laughs> environment. But <laughs> my thing is, is I'm that- telling like, you to find Jesus and uh, get to the light. Yeah, well, maybe I'll find Jesus on psilocybin. You see? <laughs> you see the point here? Um, but yeah, no, this is it. This is it. I don't even know how we got here, to be honest, but it's fascinating. Um, that's probably why we got here because we always talk fascinating stuff. Yeah, this um, is good. Where is it going to go? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. So like do your own research, do whatever. So um, I didn't know that about psilocybin. Because it, it gets a bad rap, and I'm about to tell you that. So in the fifties, I know I never heard it before. I didn't know that's what it was. This different, and I'm not. This, I'm learning this stuff myself too. So psilocybin is the main one. Uh, LSD is a form of that. Um, 
uh, there's a few of them. Anyways, yeah. my point is they, they, when they found this out, they started to figure out, and this is like not only in the U.S., but in Canada and the U.K., that um, it was actually helping people. Like I'm talking about like a wonder drug, like yeah. anxiety, like I'm talking about like cancer treatments, like things like that. Like it was just helping people and they have them on videotape. There's a Netflix documentary on this as well uh, where they're like, like, hey, tell me what it is that you're feeling. And the people were just like, I just feel like, just different, like delighted and all that good stuff and all that. But it was very effective. And then as us Bitcoiners know, when the government gets involved, it starts to get a bad rap. So uh, around the Nixon days, around the Vietnam War, they started noticing that, and this was, the, the LSD was already like world known as like the wonder drug, it cures people. So they started finding out that, well, they thought that people weren't going to Vietnam because everybody was on mushrooms. Like they were just like, oh, no, people are too happy. People are too content. And they don't want to go to the war and they don't want to fight our war. Us Bitcoiners know that we didn't want to fight your war because it was a nonsense war, just like most wars are nonsense. Right. So they started putting legislation to make, to ban this stuff, to basically say that it's bad. But the CIA was able to continue to use psilocybin and all these type of things to MK Ultra. I know my conspiracy theorist people here know exactly what I'm talking about. So although the government banned it and made it a no, no drug, they continued to use it, to use it as a manipulation tool. Uh, for various, you know, guerrilla tactics and stuff like that. Um, a 30-year drought went in the research of LSD and psilocybin and all that, meaning it was a no-no. Colleges couldn't do it. Psychiatrists couldn't do it. It was all gone. And that's why, to this day, a lot of people are still like, if I think about mushrooms, maybe you do too, you think about, man, my boy in high school. Like, that's what I think. I know a bunch of dudes, a bunch of white boys in high school that was always on shrooms, right? But at the time, I was always like, oh, that's just another way to get high. Now they're starting to open up this research again. And you can listen to a lot of Rogan episodes. You can listen to the uh, Netflix documentary. Definitely don't listen to me. Uh, there's a lot of books on this stuff. Uh, it basically is now starting to open itself up in controlled environments, meaning like you can do this in a hospital room with a nurse there to monitor you, to, to have you go on a, not a microdose, on an actually induced trip that's actually going to... Once again, stop from depression, stop from anxiety, remove all these things, have outer body godly experiences. Uh, and to me, that's extremely fascinating. Like if yeah. I could just do that one time, I probably will. I, I, I'm going to do that. I uh, think um, I have a lot of things to say, but I, sure. I think the Don't first thing, the, no, 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 no. I have a lot. I think the first thing I'm going to say is like um, when uh, I think Tucker Max was the first one that kind of brought this to light. Sure. Uh, he was on, he was on with Marty and he was talking about like how his go, go watch that episode, by the way. It's like, right, what's like it's uh, it's Tucker Max with uh, Marty Bent and like that whole, that was a life changing. Uh, uh, to this day, I always tell Marty, I think that was like, that was the best thing Yeah. that, uh, that I think as far as like, uh, the, the podcast that we did there okay. that, that day with, uh, with that setup, I think that was like one of my favorite nice, man. Uh, shows we've ever done together. Like that was, that was, that was special. There was yeah. something special electric in that room. Like Tucker Max is a force when he walks in a room. Sure. Uh, but so yeah, go, go watch that episode. Cause it's very similar to what you're saying about all those things. It's, it's very fascinating. Is that what you mean? Where he, he brought up psilocybin? I didn't see I that. don't know if he oh. brought up, he might've, it's been, it's been two or three months since that happened. Okay. Um, but um, I remember him bringing up like what you said, like uh, it was very well, um, uh, like a well like orchestrated orchestrated <laughs> procedure and it was done in the right setting and oh, everything okay, was yeah. there and then he had he had said it was kind of like inception where you have this like map and you're able to pinpoint like this is the part of the map where there is problems that you have there in your life and then when you 
dose these things or whatever. It, it, like you can go to that map and go to that neighborhood and go down to that apartment complex or wherever you had those issues and it could pull it out of you and it, nice. just, it could do things. But uh, that, that for me, I remember, I remember he got me, I left that podcast thinking like, man, or I left that room thinking like, man, uh, there, I need to stop saying we. And to this day, I still say we, we, we. I, I tr- I'm very, very cognizant of that. And you say, I, 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 like it's yeah. about me. It's like, I am saying these things. I am, it's not we, Yeah. there's no we. You're very French. But it, it's, we, we. <laughs> no, but like that, when he, when he explained that in that room that day, yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. I do do that a lot. Like, I could be better about that. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it, this is a man who's like lived through a lot of different uh, things and he can, uh, he knows like, this is where we go back to earlier conversation about like leveling up. This is where you can, get instant leveling up on your yeah. way of thinking. It doesn't mean you have to adopt everything that he said, but it, it's one way right. it could save you like years of uh, trying to figure it out on your own. Like this is what the human experience is about is like you telling me what you're going through and then me either, either able to convey that right back to you or me able to say like, Oh, Hey, I went through a similar thing like that. And this is what I did or back and forth, vice versa. Yeah. Um, that is the human experience but, um, for sure. Yeah, man, it's a beautiful thing. It is, man, um, because of that. Because, yeah, you, it, it saves you the time, right? Like, I'm a person and, and, you know, I've lost a ton of weight before, gained some back, all that good stuff. But my point is, is that, like, I'm usually one that has pretty good advice to share because I guinea pig it. I usually do it myself. Like, oh, really? Before, oh, a thousand percent. And I, because I'm going to put myself through it, I do extensive research on it, like a lot of it. As you can see in that example, there was still a seven. I talked to you about books. I talked to you about examples. I talked wow. to you about pods. This is hours and hours worth of research before I'm even on the fence of saying, I'm going to go on one of these trips. Right. And then when I come back from this trip, I'm, I'll be here to report it. Right. Like that's my thing. But that you're right. I just saved you hours and hours upon time. Where, where, are you going to go try to decide? Maybe not. And that's not the point here. The point but is, at least I'll know what it is when I, right. <laughs> when somebody says, Hey, card, do you want some microdose, some psilocybin? Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I know what that is. Exactly. And then you could make a better informed decision. Yeah. on like, Hey, I trust those. I basically, you outsource your information to somebody. Psilocybin telling us today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm just, <laughs> this is what I've been there besides Bitcoin. That's my usual rabbit hole. Uh, and besides, you know, the podcast and stuff, I really, this is my side pocket rabbit hole because in my opinion, uh, if somebody can come to you and say, Hey, um, I can offer you the opportunity to shake anxiety for life. If you just take this one trip. Yeah. I'm going to do my research, but I think I'm going to take that offer. Yeah. I think, I think for me, anxiety, uh, that's something I definitely had before I became a big quarter. Yeah. Uh, these days, you know, like working out, it's kind of what slim talks about. It's like working out, eating meat, uh, switching to like, uh, water, uh, and, um, cigarettes help out for me a lot. Yeah. Tobacco. Getting off of it or staying on them? Staying on it. Like tobacco and like coffee. And I know a lot of big corners are, you know, talking hard in the paint about coffee these days, but it's like, Dude, coffee, cigarettes in the morning, beautiful. And then the rest of the day, like meat, water, like it works. And then just getting like a workout in, if you can fit it in there. That's to me, it's that simple, but yeah, it, it is. but to others, it's like, oh man, I can't live like that. But uh, I'm, I'm a simple man with simple pleasures, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, those are the ones that fail usually. No, you're right. On a chemical level, you nailed it. Right? It's eating good food, right? You're getting that good source. Yeah. That's working out. Right. So you're doing everything right. And nicotine is incredible. It's the shit that's in the cigarette. That's not, yeah. uh, but the nicotine itself is great. Right. So I'm with you on that. 
Uh, and yeah, I, I, I like that stuff too. And for the most part, even though I'm not in my bag now with those, that's kind of what I land back on every single time. Whenever I'm having a hard time in my life, it's usually back to a workout routine, back to it. So you're a thousand percent right. Um, the out of body experience, right? That the the one thing, right? Like I, I don't know if you ever heard this when you were growing up. I heard well, you you played music. Did you not get an out of body experience when you played music? Like I, I to this day, I like you'll see me here. There's been so many times where I'll be down the street over here on yeah. Brazos and Six or wherever I'm at, Six in Congress, with my headphones on, drinking some coffee, and I'm just jamming out, listening. And you know, whoever it is that's walking by me, they're like, "Car, you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm jamming out. Like I'm spaced out." Yeah, it's because like I'm, I'm experiencing that out of body experience with the music, and like that's what gets me there. Um, so I, didn't, I never, I, I, I never, I, you didn't have that. Like I never played music. I programmed music. I think that's a huge difference. Meaning okay. that I don't know how to play an instrument. I know how to program music, right? Okay. Synthesizers, things like that. That's one part of it. I have zoned out in music before. But I also will add the caveat there that for the majority of my life, I smoked a lot of weed, man. Really? So, oh, for sure. I mean, it's maybe a year and a half ago that I really How did this turn into the drug podcast? Okay, this is where it's going. I kind of feel bad because I, <laughs> I did not think we were going to talk about this. I don't either, but I love All it. All right, so how long did you smoke weed for? This is uh, interesting. From the age of 12... Probably to like a year and a half ago. So really, dude. Yeah, on it. I was stopped for six months for years here and there. Like in my twenties, I remember I stopped for a while. Um, but I always come back to it, man. And for the same cliche answers that most people say, I really do find at the end of a long day the relaxer of it. Like it, it's legit. Like right. Um, but when I stop, just like every other thing, uh, when I stop is because I know I'm using it uh, as compulsion, right? So my recent time a year and a half ago when I stopped, I realized that I started going from like smoking at the end of a long day to Smoking in the morning, smoking before a workout, smoking after lunch, Whoa. smoking in the afternoon, right? And I just saw that in myself where I was like, man, I'm high more than I'm not. Yeah, that's not right. good. And it wasn't good, right? So yeah. I stopped and I, I haven't done it. So I'm one of those guys. Unless you're like Snoop Dogg, you can like be productive. Wow. And be liked, right? <laughs> a lot of people don't like you if you smoke a lot of weed. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, to me, it was like, I've always been, and my brother always, I would think about my brother a lot because he always reminds me of this. I'm very good at the cold turkey stuff. I'm very good with just waking up in the next morning and be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm good. So like I always catch myself on that. And um, yeah, now to me, it's just not appealing anymore. Right now I have a lot going on yeah. that I need to focus on. Uh, and ironically enough, it's still a right? uh, But that's I'm more interested in that, not for the microdosing, which would be closer to smoking weed all the time. More of that organized one trip outer body to then come back. That's what I'm actually trying to learn about this stuff for. Um and, and it's just it's did you just not me. take all that stuff like when you were younger like uh, I, I know like for I, me I had mushrooms when I was younger but I didn't know yeah. what I was doing right and I didn't know if it was psilocybin because there's different strains of mushrooms I didn't know if it was any good <laughs> I remember actually having food poisoning from mushrooms once. so like I, I might have just been doing it wrong uh, but I've, yeah I've, uh, I, I've, I've I've lived a good life <laughs> dude we, we were like like, like for, for myself like I don't want to speak for the rest of my bandmates back yeah. then <laughs> they all have families now but like uh, for me and myself uh, yeah, dude, there were some summers where we would, uh, wake up in the morning, like first thing in the morning, we go get like breakfast at a taqueria or something. Then we spend the whole day in the garage and like, we trip out, bro. Yeah, man. Like on whatever somebody had, right. Whether yeah. it was like weed or whatever. And we just be jamming out the entire time. And, uh, fun, we come up with some crazy it's fun, shit. And then like, uh. And that, that was fun. And then we go play shows and other bands that you're touring with, you know, they come from these different states and then they either have something and that's when that goes on. Like, 
but it was never hard drugs. Like it was like most bands, like most indie bands, like it's going to be, you know, like marijuana, uh, like, uh, ecstasy was a big thing back then. Try it, for uh, sure. And like uh, mushrooms, but I never partaked in that. I would just do like, yeah. like smoke weed every once in a while. I have, yeah. Uh, but, um, I live a lot. I live, I live a lot of different lives. But it was like, fun, dude. Like the, the, the bit, like, like for me, like doing all that stuff when I was younger was like, like it was, I was better. I'm better for it now. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, I don't need to do those things anymore because like for me, I've already experienced all that and I already like, uh, I forget who says it, but like you, uh, when you, when the universe gives you the, the secrets, you know, like when you go out and take these things and, and, and you, uh, and you get a higher level understanding about this, like, um, uh, this zeitgeist that we all pull from, right? Like yep. this, like we're, we're grabbing all these ideas and, and all this stuff like that's, you hang up the phone after that. Like you don't mm. need to go back and like like keep playing with it. Like you just, you just grab what you need, yeah. hang up the phone and then you continue on with life. Uh, right. I, used to know th- I used to know this guy that would constantly obsess uh, that I used to work with, that he would constantly obsess with like wanting to know everything, uh, whether if it was like UFOs or aliens or, oh, or whether if it was like uh, the, 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 the CERN <laughs> reactor or like whatever, what, like whatever it was, it didn't matter what it was. It could be like whatever the, 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 the topic uh, was of the day. Yeah. Like, it was like, he had to know like, well, what's this really like, what, what does this like fully mean? And it's like, it's like curiosity you know, killed the cat. Right. It's yeah. like, it's like, it be, it became a thing where he literally, that was what his thing was. It was like curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. And then finally it's just like, what are you doing with your life? Like mm. you can either, you can, there's a per- certain point where you can just become too obsessed mm. about these things. And, it, and it's better just to like go out and have a bigger impact in the world and, and like do that in, instead of like yeah. going down this curiosity route. Cause yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I not as hardcore as that as that example you gave. I can relate to that in some sense, right? Like, I'm a very curious guy. I think that was one of my biggest strong suits growing up was I was a very curious guy. Not to the point where it became my detriment, like in that guy's example. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I sometimes I think if, especially in your inner circle of people, if they're not willing to do the work to explore deeper. Sometimes it's your job to do so for them. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to change your life. And it may not even mean that they're going to care for the most part. But it does mean that you're willing to take one for the team in a situation that could potentially save the life of or the experience of somebody in your inner circle. Right. So somebody could be listening to this show. Two people could be listening to this show right now. No, we definitely got more than two listeners. Oh, I didn't mean that, but yeah, we definitely. <laughs> I mean, we're not quite talking to bits level. Uh, we're just a plep podcast here, no, as you no, can tell no. with our mediocre equipment. But like, uh, I should have ordered a different. Well, actually, this is pretty good. But like, this is high class right here. But like, everything got, else is mediocre. You got me. Come on, man. you got two but mics. Like, I only got one mic. But, uh, <laughs> we have more than two listeners, Mister Talking in Bits. Cool, cool. Sorry. So you're in the high level production over there. All right, so Talking in Bits, two listeners are listening to this episode right now. Basically, Simon and. And, uh, probably Dono. Hey, What's up, guys? Well, Simon, <laughs> give us some boost. <laughs> Make us feel important here. Uh, so you have two people listening to the show. And, you know, once again, that one person is like, this guy is a complete nut. He's just a conspiracy theorist. Thin, tin hat foil guy. And Who, you? Me. No, you're totally, sure. you're totally not. Underneath dude. this hat is tin for sure. No, you're not that guy. <laughs> uh, and then the other person is probably listening 
just completely fascinated because life continues to kick their ass every single day. And they just want that single small thread that can get them in the direction of let's be simple and say freedom. That's a very broad word. That's, that's my, my, my conundrum that I want to put my listeners in and anybody who listens to me, whether it's in a friendly conversation, life, like you and I have had personal life conversations or tin hat stuff is, Hey man, I'm gonna give it to you as honest as I can give it to you. Right. That's what I like about you, Jose. Right. You always give it to me honest. Sometimes it's tin hat, Jose. Sometimes Sometimes it's it's just like, but I always, always leave it up to the person. Like it's that thing. And so I'm not trying to like turn nobody on anything. I also don't know how we got down the old rabbit hole of drugs. But to me, it's like, <laughs> what fascinates I think it's me. hilarious. I do too. What fascinates me, it fascinates me. Uh, and, and I can't seem like years ago, I started hearing in Rogan episodes about this. Let it go. I was like, eh. read a few books, also let it go. Eh. And then lately, my, uh, my, my wife, not to kind of throw her out there, she's a baker by trait. Um, she actually went to school for this, a baker. Oh, and cool. Then, and, right. And now she's starting to experiment with, with uh, learn about and experiment with microdosing baked goods. Wow, really? First started. How, does, how is that even? How would that even work? She's figuring it out, right? Uh, uh-huh. But the only and she she started to with cannabis because in Massachusetts you should probably go to Planet K. <laughs> is that a strip club? No, no. There's so there's Planet K. It's a it's an Austin establishment, but it's uh it's you where to do this. What's that mean? No, I'm, I'm like I'm trying to point okay, to cool. it. It's 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 uh <laughs> there's they're all over the place, but that's where uh, people go to get like uh what you're talking about to get like all, all the paraphernalia stuff, like ever, and any, anything reg- regarding like, uh, I don't want to say that word, but anything regarding like uh, your curiosity into the uh, organic stuff of the world. Like uh, that's broad as hell, but okay. But that's where you would go. You would is go it to, edibles? Is that what you're trying to say? Any, that, that too. Yeah, like okay. you would go to planet K and they're all over the place. Uh, that sounds like a cult fan. You trying to put my wife in a cult fan? No, no, dude. It's actually, it's pretty based uh, place okay. to go. Uh, it just sounds like a planet K. That sounds like planet K. It's called planet K. It's like, uh, like, but uh, they're all over. It's like, it's like, like, uh, it's like, it's like Waterloo or like around here. It's, it's like, it's all over the place. Like yeah. it's her established. They've been around for like 30 years. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So go to planet K. Uh, but she she wanted to do that. She wanted to do, like start with like she'd go know. to Planet K and then she'll she'll get plugged into like all those people that are looking for that. Uh, and oh, then, cool. And then like that's like if somebody was saying like, "Hey, man, where do I go to get this 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 car?" And I'd be like, "I don't know. I don't know anything about drugs, but I think yeah. people that might would probably be Planet K because that's where people <sighs> go. <laughs> but that's where people would go sure, to go sure, like yeah. not to get drugs, but that's where they would go because that's where all the people." Let's just who say are fr- into that stuff. Friendly like, resources. Let's just say friendly, it's a friendly resource center. Sure. <laughs> sounds kind of sketchy. Go to your friendly resource center. Yeah, that sounds super K. sketchy. Uh, but <laughs> no, it's like, it's it's actually it's like a hippie, sure establishment. Okay, it's it's one of the old. That's one of the old establishments of Austin that we have. Luckily, that still survived. It hasn't got canceled yet. If it's establishments, we're doing well. But uh, that, and there is a crowd for this stuff. By the way, they, I, I tried to get, last time I went there. Went there with my with a friend of mine who was having like anxiety issues, like similar to what you were saying. And yeah. They were into like gummies and all this stuff. And yeah. I was like, I don't know where you would go and get that, but I'm pretty sure Planet K would either know or like where to get them. And sure enough, we went to Planet K. They had all the things that they needed. Sweet. So, and I don't even know the laws in Austin. I'm sure it's pretty free. It's pretty open. I don't know the laws either. If you get weed in Massachusetts, I'm sure you get weed in Austin. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, she was doing the, uh, the edibles thing. She started that. She never actually successfully did this, by the way. I do want to put that as a disclaimer here. Um, she was just experimenting with it. Um, I don't want people to think like, oh, I'm going to hit up his wife <laughs> to get some weed. If that's not how we do things, you know, we, 
<laughs> we do got children. Um, but anyway, she was very interested in, in that, what it can do. This is the first, honestly, this is the first time we've ever actually talked about drugs on the Thriller Bitcoin. It's, so it's, it's kind of it's kinda, it's kinda appropriate. I bet the boosts are going to represent that too. <laughs> Uh, oh. Expect 420 boost all all up and down. Let's go. The call to action is there. Uh, but yeah, she was very fascinated, not on getting people high, but on what we've been talking about sort of in this conversation is the effects that it can do for people that are anxious. The effects. And my wife has always been interested in helping people and that her expertise, she's, which is baking. She's come to the right place. Like there used to be, I don't think it's there anymore, but. Dude, like when I first came here when I was younger, like mm-hmm. it was all about that, dude. It was all about music, art, and like getting high. Like it was just, it was all, <laughs> that's like, that's all Austin was about. Yeah. And like on 420 day, there was a Bob Marley fest that would happen over there at Chicano Park. And like everybody would go out there and it would just be a lot of freedom loving dudes, like playing music. Sweet. Everybody would be smoking. The pot, like, Even the cops would be smoking, like APD. Like this is when like it was cool. Uh, she's not like that, though. but like it, it's not like that anymore. Right? She's like, she's, uh, she's really wholeheartedly. It's not even called Chicano Park anymore. It's called uh, oh, that's funny. Lady Bird Lake or whatever the hell they call it now. They took over it, didn't they? It's okay. It's all good. I got a lot to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, she's not. She's uh, um, and I guess she's not a hippie in that sense. She's uh, inherently like uh, medicinal. Like that's really oh, what okay. she's trying to do. And I know a lot of people use that as a cape to basically be like, hey, let's get high. Nah, she's really into that um, for a lot of personal reasons, her family and stuff that I won't even discuss here. Uh, but eventually she started figuring out that 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 a lot of the weed stuff was more placebo, right? A lot of the weed stuff was more hippie-ish, like people just hiding uh, using weed as a real reason to just say, hey, I want to get high all day. But when she started going deeper down like the mushroom rabbit, it was the opposite. It was actually like, no, this is clinically proven to well, be medical. It comes from the earth, right? Yeah, right. So like, so now she's like, you know, to kind of sum all this up is that now she, every time I step away from it, it brings me back in a different, in a different light. And now my recent comeback is that, is that my wife is kind of infatuated with it uh, and is looking to try to figure out how to, you know, get her passion, which is baking That's and, cool. and be able to help. Dude, um, she, can, she, she can build her uh, product on Oshi. Yeah, I've talked to, we talked about that on. Uh, uh, Did on, you have Atwood on? I had that with on. It was a great yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. you got to be that, that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do that, but we also got to understand the laws because although her heart is in the right place, meaning she wants to help medical, there's a lot of abusers out there, right? There's a lot of people uh, that, okay. that would go and just use it to get fucked up and do all that. So she's torn between that, but she's you know maybe just maybe like maybe just uh, yeah see what see what she wants to do and then just like help her out. You know, right. I'm trying, man. I, I always try to help. Out. I try to help anybody out, but yeah, my wife especially because she is an amazing baker. That's the one thing, even with how like the the drug involvement or whatever. But man, she has this huge passion to help people that are going through a lot of different things. Anxiety being one of them. Um, and she's kind of found her avenue, and it's further what's, away from cannabis, and it's more on what's what's the best thing she bakes. Oh, shit. Uh, cookies for 100%. Really? Like uh, cupcakes are amazing. Uh, we we sent a bunch of cookies to Unchained. She had like um, peanut butter and, 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 and jelly cookies in there. When did this happen? Uh, probably like a month ago. I didn't get one. You got to walk over there, bro. Like, you know, you you, you family. Kaylee, families. what's up? I didn't get a, I didn't get a cupcake. Mm, putting Kaylee on the spot. But she's right. She had access to them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there kidding. was a, a bunch of good ones in there. But she she does a little bit of things. She experiments. And, yeah, um, dude, bring some more cupcakes. I will. I'm going to let her know. And uh, she does Puerto Rican baked treats Non-medicinal well. ones. Yeah, I'll put a little both. No. I, I won't even tell you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to be tripping. Yeah. Doing the show. It's like um, you're doing the show. Be like, uh, we're not recording anything, Car. <laughs> I'm like, what? This whole we time? missed the whole thing. <laughs> uh, and the Puerto Rican uh, baked treats, which are not uh, edibles. They're literally oh, okay. like, uh, I don't know if you guys have Oh, wait, you're Puerto here. Rican too, right? 100%. Um, how, how is that? 
impacted you throughout your life? In the very best of ways. I'm super proud to be a Puerto Rican. Um, my work ethic comes from a Puerto Rican dad who had a dad that had a work ethic. Because um, your dad from, was from Puerto Rico, right? Was, meaning he's not alive anymore? Because he is. He is from Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I meant like he used to live there. Then, Correct. He, then he came over. That's my parents. I'm sorry. So my parents have been together since teenagers. They still remember middle school, high school days. Uh, I'm one of the lucky few that have my parents still together to this day, which is, I also think is a big part of who I am. Yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and how I do that for my family and for my kids and how prideful I am for that. Uh, but Puerto Rican pride is one of those things that um, I do hope to bring here. Um, I do hope to at least carry it with me, uh, not only in myself and how I behave uh, and how I work, uh, but my daughter. You saw my daughter today. Beautiful. Thank you so much. She has that, you know, beautiful. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Proud, you know, it's, Puerto Rican hair. She was talking about hair. all sorts of things today. I was just like, it's like seeing it's like seeing the the world through the eyes of a child. It's like it's amazing. It's, it's like she won't stop, it's, dude. It's magical. But you can no. have her. You can have her here for like three hours. No, but pop. that's fine though. It's like it's like I, I get to peer in for a little while and see the world through her eyes and yeah. the way she explains it. I'm like, oh yeah. She's so vivid and so clear. Yeah. But I we also try to have her honor that because she was born here, uh, and it's not that it's a shame to be an American citizen. Although some would argue that that is a shameful thing. Um, I'm more on the strength of I have to remind you where we are and where your grandparents come from and where I come from. Cause I was, my wife was not, but I was born in Puerto Rico as well. Um, and, and it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's reflected in the culture. I really like Puerto Rican music, man. I have Puerto Rican really food, do. Puerto Rican music. My wife wants to bring a lot of the so Puerto Rican good, cuisines dude. here. So good. Yeah. Salsa is, is incredible. And merengue is incredible. <sighs> merengue. Yep. Some of the greatest artists. Uh, what was the, the trumpet player? Um, gosh, what was his name? He was, uh, he was like one of the biggest ones. Uh, Victor Rojas? No, his, I think it was, uh, I used to jam out to him. Um, he was, he definitely played trumpet. Uh, what? There he goes here. I know when I see it. Yeah, but when it comes to the, the you know, keeping it alive and, and, and the heritage, I definitely want to bring that here. Uh, my wife's pastries are a good example of that. Uh, I haven't seen anywhere in Austin that has legit uh, Puerto Rican casitos. Uh, and the guava pastries and stuff. So we're trying to bring that here as well. Trying to find... Uh... I don't see it. How many Puerto Ricans I, you ever met? I, I want to say it's F- Felipe, but I, I, I don't want to get that name wrong. I know it when I see it. I don't see it. It's not I, coming up on Google. Yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know Felipe, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, but... Yeah. I'm more like Celia Cruz. I grew up with that. Um, you know, more later on, as I became a teenager, the Mark Anthony's of the world, of course. Uh, more of those guys. But, you know, it, my dad came here. Uh, a quick, quick run through on that story is my sister was, um, she couldn't get diagnosed. My older sister, uh, shout out to my sister. Um, she's six years older than me. When she was young, she was having a lot of symptoms with like random bleeding, random, like, like through her teeth and stuff. But that was just like a lot of different things. And uh, the medical system in Puerto Rico is such uh, is so deficient. It, it is to this day. Like as um, far as them not helping you? Or? Yeah, like the resources they have and the education they have and the doctors they have uh, um, to be able to diagnose certain things correctly. And furthermore, treat those things, not just diagnose them. Um, they, were very, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with my sister, long story short. And then uh, after a few years of you know, continuously going back to the hospital, one doctor literally took my dad to the side and was like, hey, man, um, your daughter's only chance is Children's Hospital Boston. That's literally, and to this day, Children's Hospital Boston has a big piece of my heart. I can tell you why in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Um, and without question, we talked about this on the way here. My dad did what the fear compass, right? My dad took everything, all the little bit of money that he had. He came first with my sister, uh, established a setup, basically got an apartment, got settled in with my sister, whatever. Then he basically waited for my mom to come with us, with me and my brother. Uh, I've been here since I was three. They came. My sister went to Children's Hospital. Come to find out it was lupus. Um, still obviously still diagnosed with lupus to this day. Um, and you know, they, they gave us this because of my sister's situation and because of his bravery and courage gave me the opportunity to be here where I am today and my brother uh, and all of us. So grew up here. That's something that I'm extremely prideful for. Um, the reason Children's Hospital Boston also has a big place in my heart is my firstborn, uh, was born with heterotaxy syndrome. And what heterotaxy syndrome is, is, uh, the easy way to say it at least is all her organs inside are basically upside down the other way. So if your heart is kind of like centered, right, hers is centered left, right? Like that type of thing, everything. So not only that, but she had uh, a bunch of heart complications in her heart, uh, valve problems. Uh, one of her chambers was smaller than it's supposed to be. A lot of different things or whatever. So uh, when she was about two, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I know you don't have kids, but there was this really nasty bug going around for kids called um, RSV. Uh, and it was basically, I guess, like early day COVID, if you want to call it that. It was like a respiratory lung thing that was crushing kids. It was really like wrecking kids. Um, and we were literally in an appointment. She was a happy camper. She was very young, you know, still toddler, basically. Uh, and we literally saw her go from very happy to immediate plunging stats, like right there during yeah. the appointment. They like rushed her to the ER for one of those typical things you see in the movies, right? Like where they like push the parents out the room. You're in the background looking. They're like shoving tubes down your little girl's throat. Yeah. It's a crazy experience, right? Next time we saw her, she was in an induced coma. Um, and she stayed in an induced coma for about a week and a half. She was swelling up because she's not moving, so she's building liquid. And then we got another call a week later. She's being flown out to Children's Hospital Boston. She's, you know, basically about to die, right? So it was winter time. Boston was about 45 minutes from where I lived. And the winter was probably like an hour and a half. She got life lighted. We went in car. Um, we showed up to the hospital and when we got there, she was already in the OR and what was basically left was here's this paperwork that basically says if she dies, it's not our fault. That's it. There's nothing else you can do. It's either you sign this paper and we continue with the procedure or she dies anyways. So, you know, I'm a young dad, probably about 19 when that happened. So I'm like losing my damn mind. I don't know what to do. We signed the paperwork, whatever. Um, she made it through, but she made it through because of the incredible team. And I know us Bitcoiners have a huge problem with the healthcare system. I know it's flawed. I used to work in the OR. I know it is flawed. It's, that's not an excuse. But if I were to give some light on that, is that my daughter is still alive to this day and she's 19 now because of the, and my sister for that matter, because that's how we got to this country, because of the amazing team at Children's Hospital Boston. That, uh -huh. any, everybody in the Northeast knows Children's Hospital Boston's where it's at. Parents fly from all over the world to have their kids have surgery there. And the result is usually a good one. Um, so uh, shout out Children's Hospital Boston. Yeah. And I don't really believe in those donation business stuff. But whenever I see one for Children's Hospital Boston, I, I cough it up. Right. Yeah, whether it goes to them or not, I hope it does. If it doesn't, it's whatever. Uh, and like I said, I know the healthcare system is screwed, but I have to call a spade a spade. My daughter wouldn't be here without that team and without that professional staff, which, by the way, gave us room and board that whole process. They paid for us to stay at a hotel and paid for our food vouchers for about a month for us to be close to our daughter. So they didn't just kick us home. They basically said, hey, we're paying for all this. Right. Um, and then my sister, the reason we're in this country is because that doctor in Puerto Rico was smart enough to basically say, hey, 
looking around his shoulder, like, I shouldn't be telling you this, but the only chance is for you guys to go do that. Uh, and then shout out to my dad on his courage to basically take, uh, to be the leader, to loop this conversation back to why I'm here in Austin, to take the courage to basically say, it's my job to lead this family to greater pastures and to success. Uh, and I'm going to do the scary stuff. I'm going to do the big things in order to do that. Uh, and I'm here. I'm going to do that for my family. And that's why I'm in Austin to loop that back. So, yeah, man. Gosh, man. This is, uh, I had no idea. You never told me this story before. Yeah, man. Yeah. Gosh. I'm glad we moved away from drugs and got to- <laughs> no, but yeah, I yeah, think it just goes to show you, man, what, what you've been through. Like been through you know, a lot, man. you've been through a lot and your family's been through a lot. And, um, for sure, man. And this is where I always go back to like showing people grace, right? Cause you, I mean, you don't know their story. You don't know their life story. You don't know like what they've been through. You don't know why they are the way they are. What, you know, it's just like, yeah, man. eventually, eventually people will let you, let you in on who they are and like what, what, where, where they come, where they come from. And like that to me is always like a silver lining whenever I meet somebody that's, um, you know, show them grace. You never yeah, know. Man. You never know. And, they might surprise you. Yeah, no, and I appreciate allowing you, you know, the platform to allow me to tell that story. It is a story that I hold dear and near. But you're right. It makes me who I am. I've been through a lot. been a lot through, you know, young dad, um, tumultuous relationships, toxic relationships, been through a lot of that. Uh, I talked a lot, a lot about my, you know, drug use when I was younger um, or whatever, but I also was the other side of that. I grew up on the streets, so I also slung a lot of drugs too. Um, and that was another crazy situation, you know. It, it's right what they say. You know, you either go to jail or you end up dead. Had a lot of friends that ended up dead. Had a lot of few close calls myself in both directions. That's a whole nother rabbit hole that I've tried not to think about a lot. But I've been through a lot, man. I've been through a lot. I was telling you earlier, man, just like to to go through all that stuff um, and to be here, right? To be here having this conversation, to be here and one of, you know, uh, I say the best and a little bit biased, but the best Bitcoin company that exists here um, that literally has a palace in the central Austin here. And that's Unchained Capital to be an early stakeholder, to be a part of that team, to meet people like you, to do talking in bits, to do some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Um, I don't know if lucky's the word. Might be a mixture of luck. Uh, might be proof of work, right? Might be a lot of different things balled into it. I can't tell you what it is. But every single morning I wake up, I brush my teeth, I look in the, in the mirror and say, holy shit, what the hell? How did you get here, bro? Um, yeah, man, and I'm going to keep that going. It's, it doesn't stop, but, but I do think about it every morning. Like, I talk to my wife sometimes, too. Like, I don't know how a kid from the projects who had nothing going for him makes it here. And it's not over. Right? Well, as far as I can tell, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love hearing these stories, man. I get fired up. <laughs> I get fired up. I'm glad man. I could do that, man. I'm glad the listeners could get that. And I don't even talk about this stuff on my show. My show is usually... Really? You don't get to talk about this stuff? I, I mean, it's, most of the time I'm by myself or I'm interviewing, right? So I usually like to give the spotlight to the person I'm interviewing. Yeah. And then when I'm on my rips, it's more like topics that I just want. Like my, my niche with the solo rips is literally like, I want to give Bitcoiners really, but listeners ammunition to go into their weekend when they go to their barbecues, when they go in, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm giving you like four or five topics that I'm going to rant on that you're oh, either going to agree with or you're going to dis- disagree with. But ultimately, you're going to end up at somebody's barbecue talking about this shit. And I'm giving you some ammunition. <laughs> somebody's barbecue. Yeah, whatever. Your birthday party. Yeah, you know, people the showing up at your barbecue. That's true. And I'm going to battle back. <laughs> don't show up at my barbecue. I have a hard time. <laughs> but that's my solo rib. So I don't talk about this stuff because it's not a place for it. Right? It's just to literally give the listeners ammunition to go into conversations with. 
Uh, and then the main chain, I love to highlight my guests because I have uh, you know yeah. spectacular guests with stories. Some heavy hitters over there. Yeah, man, very blessed at that too. Bitcoin is a great though. You know that, man. I mean, yeah. you, you've been on a few times, right? No, you were on the Jose Burgos podcast and you were on Talking a Bits once. You so. still do the Jose one? I don't. Uh, somebody actually emailed me the other day talking about they wanted to be on. And I'm like, fam, I don't do that one. Anymore. Yeah, I don't do that one. But Valley for Valley. Nah, I think Talking a Bits is the. Yeah, is yeah. the is a great. That's brand. the one I'm most passionate about. Yeah, it's it's an awesome brand, dude. Yeah, the Jose Burgos podcast was great, but uh, that was just me selfishly just having conversations. It wasn't like about the listener, which also is kind of good for the conversation. But uh, yeah, I man, I'm a big fan of your work, bro. Thank you, man. I've, I mean, I've always been a big fan. I, you I, have. That's the thing. I want to let people know since that last like, year, it takes people like you to get people like me to keep it pushing. Like it's one of those things. That really? I, yeah, man. It's been a lot of times. I mean, the why situ- though? The situation with Ben was another situation. Like, there's been a lot of times where I thought I was gonna plunge it. Where I thought I was like, all right. Oh, you talking it. about Ben, your co-host? Yeah, yeah, right. Ben, you don't have to talk about that if you don't want to. I, I'm an open book, fam. He knows this, but I, I never had. What happened? Anything. What happened with that? Uh, just a, a difference. Uh, a difference. I, 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 I didn't know, uh, but for the for the for the plugs that don't know out there, uh, Jose used to do this show, uh, talking in bits, and it would it would it was it was awesome. It was like a morning like sports center rip, it was. right? It was, that was like, the point. Yeah. it was you and Ben and you guys were like, usually on the opposite sides of it. And sometimes Ben would bow back and it would be back and forth, but it was a great like morning sports center, Bitcoin show. Like that's what it reminded me of, right? You guys had like a rundown. Yep. And it was like, it was very PTI, but it was like, cool. That's exactly what it was. Uh, yeah. And then like, so it was high quality stuff. Cause you guys were both like video talent. You guys were both talented video guys, videographers. Like you guys did it for a living and all that stuff. And right. then you had the music and the chomps and all that stuff. But like, what was interesting is that you guys just go back and forth. And then I think one day, I don't know if you called me or if I noticed, I was like, Hey, what's, yeah. Where's Ben at? <laughs> like, What's yeah, what's yeah. going on? Like, um, so like tell the, tell the pubs out there what happened. Yeah. This is an interesting conversation, but it's a very transparent one. Uh, I talked to Ben. Ben is my brother-in-law. That's extremely, that's first and foremost. He wasn't just a random guy I picked up on the street. Uh, ben and I have had conversations about Bitcoin um, since 2017, very long ago. We've talked about Bitcoin. Um, I decided, you know, I was podcasting is something I wanted to do for a long time. Jose Burgos podcast made it up to 100 episodes, uh, which equals 100 weeks, which, as we know, it's about two years, right? We want to. <laughs> so, like, I was already balls deep into it. When I started getting deep into my Bitcoin run, um, I, 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 what I, the original idea was is I'm going to do talking in bits as a Wednesday segment to the Jose Burgos podcast. Uh, so a good example of that is um, what Preston Pish does with, with his, where it's like a Bitcoin Wednesday episode, and then he does like the investment ones after that. That's a good example of that. So the Jose Burgos podcast was supposed to exist. And then every, every Wednesday, you were supposed to get a Talking and Bits episode. Matter of fact, if you go to episode one, which I, I call the last train to Paris, um, you, you would actually hear me tell you that, where it's like, these are 20-minute midweek snippets of Bitcoin, of talking about Bitcoin. So that was your... Two weeks after that, I started like, I liked it. I was like, oh man, this is good. I got a good response for it. Like Bitcoin, I was very passionate about it. And then I started seeking out who likes Bitcoin as much as I do, Ben, right? So I reached out to Ben. Me and Ben were already disagreeing on a lot of things, as friends tend to do, right? We disagree on politics, we disagree on different stuff. So I told them, I remember this phone call, I was at my Fiat job and I was like, hey Ben, got talking a bit, would love to do this, would love to bring video, would love to do all this stuff. But I want to tell you right now, I wholeheartedly disagree with you on a lot of things. And I think we need to keep that outside of the show. But I don't want the listeners to get bombarded with us talking about politics and stupid shit. He agreed 100%. Um, and then we started doing the show. We did about 60 episodes together, 55, something like that. It was great. Um, but, you know, Ben would agree to this. 
in his professional career, which is video for businesses and video for weddings, he started to get really busy. Right? And we started shifting the dates. And I was cool with that because I wasn't as busy. I just started out on chain, pretty set schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there was a month or two where he started forgetting we were recording, like literally just like not show up. Yeah, he just got too busy or something. Right. That's, I'm giving him the benefit of that. I'm going to say that. He could speak for himself if he wants to. Uh, and then there was even a few situations where we had guests. Uh, Oscar was one of them. Tarantula was one of them. And he would literally show up unprepared, uh, but also forget the guest. Like, who are we interviewing? Like, and like things like that. And I respect my guests, you know, highly. So we should prepare for these people. They're giving us their time. So that was one of those things. And then the final straw was um, I needed a, we, we We release every Wednesday. And we, he, he was going to fly out for a job, but he assured me that if I send him the files, they'll be done. Wednesday came and went, no episode posted. I didn't get no files. When I reached out to him, he was like, oh, I could do it now. Cool. That's fine. Things happen. And then literally was forgot the episode number, forgot the episode name. So I'm going to say he was too busy. Uh, so I'm going to label what happened with us as creative differences. What I do want to say is, is that I also noticed, and I've told him this to his face, um, a lot of the stuff he was recommending to our listeners and recommending to me on my journey was shit cornery stuff, block fires, things like that. Um, I had conversations off the mic with Ben a lot where it's like, we have a job here. We have a mission to do here. And the mission is we need to signal, right? We need to do, we need to get away from that. Um, he still continued to circle back on these products and recommending them on our, during the show. Yeah. I right. must've missed those. Cause I remember. No, we did a compass mining episode. We did a few different things where I would rip on why I think they, it's a terrible idea. And then he would lean in on it. But then off conversations. I think that's the good stuff though. I agree. This is where it wasn't a problem. But then like some of the decisions offline to try to monetize the podcast started to be a lot of like fiat tactics where it's like, we should sell Bitcoin courses. And, so we, and I'm like, no. So that mixed with what I told you, the, uh, I guess the, the two busyness to like focus on it gave me an early heads up that I better, I better figure this out or it's going to die. So I took it and I want to, now I want to circle in a, a, a conversation I had with uh, Tarantula, Hado Tarantula uh, on my last episode where he brings up, he asked me what was up with Ben um, because he was expecting to interview with both of us. And then uh, I literally, uh, he literally, when I explained it to him, he was just like, that's one thing that people don't really get. They always think of a breakup as necessarily being a bad thing as opposed to it being a mutual thing, the right thing. I agree with that 1000% because till my very moving date, which was the other day when I left Massachusetts, the person that was there to help me move was Ben. Right. So talking in bits has nothing to do with my real life relationship with Ben and it shouldn't. And I never would let it get to that. So that's kind of what happened. Uh, and he can defend himself. He won't because, you know, we were transparent about this stuff. Uh, but to this day, I tell, tell Ben he's a shit corner and he, if he's listening, he's going to laugh. Um, and he, he's still an uh, avid Bitcoiner. He still stacks his sats, but he's an investor as well. And he didn't get to where he's at just by stacking sats. We actually had to talk about that on the way here. Different uh, yeah. passive income flows. He's a really good guy at that. Uh, yeah. and, and I would never disown Ben uh, or uh, talk badly about Ben because I learned a ton from Ben. I used to do weddings with him. Uh, he used to have like- Yeah, amazing video, man. He used to have like 45 to 50 weddings a year, which in the wedding industry is nuts, right? That's a lot. And me and him- It's like almost to, every week. 
Right. And me and him yeah. used to do Saturdays, Sundays, back to back, 12 hour days and like all over New England, yeah. Cape Cod, Maine. We used to be on the road together. We had a lot of different conversations. Every, every time you hit the table, it moves the camera over a little bit. Shit, my fault. <laughs> no, my you're fault. good. Yeah. It was just like you're going I told like you, that. I talk with my and hands. You just can't move it. I talk with my Here, hands. Here, move it over a little bit this way. Yeah, hold on. Here, that's funny. Uh, I can't see. No, 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 no. Move the bag. Move, the bag was moving. Yeah, a little more. Right there, perfect. Yeah, it literally went from right there all <laughs> doing live edits here. Nah, I'm thrilled. But anyways, uh, yeah, man, Ben's a great dude. Uh, literally was talking to him the other day. He was with me all day, helped me move. I got a lot of love for Ben. Um, you were talking about earlier about learning from people. I learned a ton from Ben, not only about yeah. business, not only about uh, video. You guys were great, man. You guys were great together. I think mean, for me, yeah. just like being a fan from afar and like seeing you guys, uh, yeah, go head to head every like every day like that or every week like that. That was it was awesome. Yeah, that. and and you know maybe we'll do like a, a reunion episode. Who knows? Because uh, I do love Ben a, a lot. Um, he's family. He'll be out here in Austin to visit us. Uh, I talking in bits is not what our relationship was about. It was just a a, a phase. Right? It was a thing. Um, He's successful still, still doing well, um, still respects the shit out of talking in bits. Um, and he's one of my biggest fans. Um, yeah, dude. But I had to take... It's, it's good to see you keep going with it, though. You, like, when that happened, I was like, oh, man, I hope Jose don't stop. Well, that's it was going to tank it. It was going to be very hard. A lot and, of people and, don't and know. Then, and, but, like, I like how you just, you pivoted to the interview series and, like, yeah. now you're now you're. Well, the Jose it. Burgos podcast was all interviews, right? So I had that You already experience. had that, but... Yeah, but, but it, it, it is difficult. And for the solo rips, like a lot of people don't understand. First of all, a lot of people don't get, especially listeners, podcasting is hard, right? To do it right. No, no, I'm just talking shit is not hard. I could do that. Oh, wait, what part are you talking about? The post-production? Because I think I, I look at podcasts like completely different. Everything. But let me, let me hear your your. Yeah, so your what, 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 what a lot of people don't understand is when you do podcasting, um, immediately you're at a loss, right? So like... People who do podcasting for a very long time do it at their own expense. And that means they do it because they love it, right? These microphones ain't free. Well, I don't know about yours. I don't want to cover Voltage pay for these. Hey, shout out to Voltage. Hey, uh, shout hey, out Bobby hey, hey. Bobby, what's up, man? Uh, but, I love Bobby from Voltage. Yeah, that's my guy. That's my bro. <laughs> nah, but, shout out. No, Voltage is a great company. They've been good at Plub Lab. Yeah, no, I tried out their product. Fantastic product. Um, but... Um, you know, as for me, speaking for me, and I paid for, as you know, you know, $2,000 cameras times two, that's $4,000. I got $500 worth of lights. Uh, these microphones are about 400 a pop. Uh, that's not counting the time it takes to edit, to record, to get, you know, SD cards lined up, as you know, wires, whatever you need. And then you need to create the content. Then you need to reach out to the people, which takes time. Then you need to book these sessions. Then you need to show up for them and give your energy. Then you need to like, a lot of people don't understand. I do that. I mean, shout out to my to people that boost the show. Uh, but for the majority of the whatever hundred episodes approaching of talking a bit, um, that's at a loss, right? That's out of my pocket, out of my expense, because I love to do it. All right, let me jump in. What's up? Hey, <laughs> you smiling? I'm having a big smile on my face. What's up? It's not at a loss. You know why? Why? How many reps have you had doing this already? You've had so many reps, uh, probably more than ten thousand hours, right? Sure. Dude, it's a craft. It's like, it's like, uh, did like, it's like, uh, anybody who's like going in there and making a table and then it's their thousandth table or their 10,000th table. Like, uh, yeah, th this, sure. this is where like for me these days, and I used to not always be like this. So like, this is, this is the car before car fiat car. And then like post car post fiat car is like here a Bitcoin now. Now for me, bro, 
it's like, how do I make the best piece of art possible? Like, how do I inspire? Like, that's what it's about for me. How do I capture that in audio? Yeah. Video looks like shit right now, but like, honestly, like you'll get there in time, but like, it's, it's, it's literally about how do you make a great piece of art? How do you make a great, the art of the conversation, right? Like, uh, like that, those things are important. Like yeah, to me, those, yeah. those things matter more than the work. The, the work is the work. Like you have to do the work to get to the, to this higher level of, of creating great art. Right. Like that, that's a process. You have to learn to love the process. If you don't learn to love the process, then you're always going to be battling your, your inner, uh, your, your inner, uh, competitiveness. Right. You, yeah. you, Cause if you look at it, like you're climbing a mountain, uh, then, then you don't have to worry about like, Oh man, how am I going to get to this next stage? You're like, no, I love fucking climbing mountains. Like they're great. Yeah. No, no. I, <laughs> like, I, it's like you, you build up, you build up, you get those reps in, you get the, like, this is the same thing like Kobe used to do. Like I always go back to my Kobe stuff here. It's like, how many times did that guy play a game? You know, he started 4am in the morning, got his workout in, got his shots in, then went to, then came home, took his kids to school, went back, went to practice. Right. Then got, then ate lunch, whatever, whatever he did. Then he went back to the game, like at five, five thirty. did the game. Then right back out there shooting shots, all the ones that he missed. Then started all over again, you know, 4 a.m. And it's like, how, like you tell me, like, that's what it takes. Like if you want to yeah. be, if you want to be great at what you do, it requires that amount of effort and being that intentional with your time. You have to get to that state and like, for me, that's what it's about. It's 1, about like percent. get those reps in, learn to love the process and like, and you have to love doing it. And that's what you said. You did yeah. say that at the end. You're I like, do. I, I, I cost me a lot of money. It cost me this, like this, like, but at the end of the day, you love it. And like, as long as you have that love and that doesn't leave, like, I don't think it will leave, man. No, it's not going to. So loss, uh, I'm going to lean back into that. You're 100% correct, uh, by the way, which is why I'm so consistent. That's why I was smiling the whole time. And I was like, yeah, maybe he yeah. doesn't see it, but it's right no. there in front of him. Loss is, is, is loss and the way it, it's not fiat because once again, I don't, it, even with the Jose Burgos podcast, this was never about making money at the end of the day. But I tell you a loss in what? We know that you only have oh so much to do, uh, so much time to do certain things. I am prideful in my situation on being a great husband, being a great father, right? And being that intentional of a human being. Now, podcasting is all good and fun, but it doesn't take priority over that stuff. So what I mean is that a loss is that if I'm giving my listeners my time, which means I'm giving them my heart, that means I'm not giving that time to my kids. That's something that needs to be most people that are listening to podcasts that basically say, skip, don't appreciate what goes into it. I'm not saying that people need to pay me to listen to the show so I can make up my camera gear. I was going to have that regardless. I'm saying that there's not a price in the world that you or anybody that's listening can pay me that's going to give me that time back with my kids. So before you press skip, you might want to think about people like you, people like me, give us, give listeners our heart. Because we don't have to be doing this. We could be doing other stuff. Ah, that's, that's respect, bro. I, I, yeah. I, 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 but you're right, though. When it comes to fiat-wise, it doesn't matter. I, I, we, we'll say one thing. We'll say one thing. What's up? It's funny that you brought that up because uh, yeah. this is me learning the hard way. Like, this, we're going to get real. Give right me more here. of that. Yeah. Uh, there's this great movie. Uh, it's called Phantom Thread. Okay. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. Oh, movie or a movie? Uh, it's a movie. Is it old, though? Or? No, it's oh. like probably three years old. Gotcha. Um, 
when I went through my divorce, right? Like you, you, like I, I was podcasting during that time. I was a creative during that time. At, at the beginning of my relationship, I was still playing music and stuff like that. Yep. And then at some point during that relationship, I had to move over to a Fiat job and then that, and then podcasting music pulled me right back in. Yeah. It does that. It is a magnet. Uh, it becomes an obsession. Right. And then like it, to relate to that movie is like in that movie, um, you have the, the, the lead character uh, who is uh, played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. Everybody knows him from um, There Will Be Blood. Yep. But, it, but in that movie, he, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's obsessed with uh, creating great fabrics. Like he's obsessed with um, design and he's obsessed with all these things. And then he, uh, he goes through women, but he goes through women as if they're his... Um, there is uh what's the word I'm looking for where they become his, um, uh, uh, gosh. Like, like toys. Like no, toys. not toys. Uh, where they become his, uh, patterns? patterns, no, his, his, uh, his imagination, his, uh, his, um, his thing that he uses to get him to where he needs to be creatively. Uh, he, he, his vice? it's not a vice. It's, it's, there's a word for it. Okay. Uh, it was what, Everybody said John Lennon or what Yoko was to John Lennon. It was his, um, muse. Uh, yeah. Okay. The muse. There you go. I don't know why I blanked on that, <laughs> but in the movie you see this and like he goes through women, but he uses them as muses because he's artistic and he, he has to have a muse for his art and like, that's what he does. Like, that's his prerogative. And uh, uh, amongst those women, he meets this, uh, this waitress. Um, they hit it off right away. And then he starts falling into the same trappings where he's like using her as a muse for his, cause he like, he dates her in the beginning and then he pulls her into the factory where he's making all these, this clothing. And he's like, Hey, come here. And he's like looking at the, her body shape and like, he's like designing clothes around her and he's using her as, as his muse. And then he finally gets to the point where he like wants to marry her. So he marries her. And like, he then sees that, this muse that he thought that he had wasn't that it was completely different. She was completely different than that. And then it becomes, it's a great movie. You should watch it. Then it becomes a battle of uh, like marriage where you have like this one side that's not talking to the other side, but maybe they are. And then like, it's a battle of back and forth. And for me, when I, when I see that movie, it reminds me so much of like what I went through. Where initially, I, like I thought I had this person and maybe, maybe I used that same kind of thing the same way, like it was a muse or it was like, it was, it was just that. But I look at it now and I realize that regardless, it, it's something that I need to learn for the next one. Like it, it can't be something I take with me and keep doing. And I think to your point, when you said that about family, I think, I think there's a way to balance that where you have that and you have the other one. I think that's the hardest thing that any creative can ever do is like, because obsession is a young man's game. You you can't be obsessed for very long on one particular thing, but in that time that you are, I, I feel like it's like running gun for it. And then when it comes down to actually having the family part, or if that's, that's what life chooses for you, it's like, you have to find that balancing act and, and it has to be something you let go. Yeah. And uh, how that works, we'll see in time. Cause I'll be recording this podcast and we'll talk about it. We're like, Hey, remember that rip that yeah, we did a long yeah. time ago where I would talk about it. Yeah. I didn't know. 
but yeah, that's that that's what's one movie where I, I look at and I'm like, man, dude, yeah, that 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 movie has so many like touch points that I can relate to. It's a battle. Uh, it's a battle. What was this? I think in in that particular yeah. relationship, it was. And so far, talking on bits has been that, and that's what I mean. The the reason it's lasted this long and will continue to last is because of that. It's because a I got support. Right, my wife believes in me. Uh, but B, I love to do it, and I'm willing to sacrifice that time. But my thing is that is that. You know, if you're listening, uh, a lot of the podcasters do this at a loss. And I know loss sounds like it's a fiat loss, but it's not a fiat loss. Is that this thing, has, this podcasting space has grown to be such a big thing that now if you don't pull the shiesty moves of like, say, you know, or the marketing moves, whatever you want to call it, the McCormick's, I could very easily toss away my relationship and very easily toss away the time of my children to be able to compete with dudes that are running games that I can never keep up with, right? So the balance lies there. Uh, and that's what I mean at a loss. Um, but I will continue to do it because I love to do it. right? And because the listeners, I, I feel that's my contribution to Bitcoin. My contribution to Bitcoin that I've did, figured out so far is, is that I learned this stuff really quick. I can express it technically. I could express it um, philosoph- you know, fill it with the philosophy of Bitcoin and honor that. I could be real uh, and I'm consistent. Very consistent. And I think that that's what people that need to listen to Bitcoin Signal need. They don't need ads. They don't need uh, f- philosophy changes. They don't need shit coins. They don't need any of that because this is a fight. And a lot of people like to sit back and think that Bitcoin is just stack sats and wait. Stack sats and wait. Oh, no, I'm rich already. I, I, see, I see the post all the time. My kids' kids is going to be rich and all that stuff in the we have a lot of work to do in Bitcoin. We haven't won shit of anything. We have an inkling of what we can do and what we're doing. But you know, I know that there's a lot of work to be done by every single person that believes that this thing will become what it is supposed to become. And I guess for every single one of us, there's 15 to 20 of the dudes that are just sitting back and stacking sats and saying, we're going to be rich. See what I'm saying? So when I sit down and I give you a half hour on side chains, or I give you an hour and some change, plus my editing time, plus all that, I do that because I believe in this so hard that I have to contribute to it as hard as I can. But ultimately, that can lead to the loss of my relationship. That can lead to the loss of time with my children, which no pleb, no asset, no Bitcoin could ever give me back. Yeah. It's a balancing act. I have to. It feels like you have it figured out. I have to play that game. I figure it out because I'm stubborn, right? Like I, I don't let myself lean in any way. And then I work hard at being a dad and I work hard at being a podcaster and I work hard at being a husband to try to make up for that missed ground and don't make sure nobody falls apart. But as we're age, we're, we're atrophy. If I don't take care of myself, one of those dishes falls, right? And I can't juggle them forever. And I'm aware of that now before it happens. And then my apologies to any Bitcoin out there. I would uh, honestly, obviously honor my relationship with my kids before I honor, you know, anything that is not inherent to that. Yeah. Uh, So we run around and we say Bitcoin above all. That's technically true when it comes to money and wealth and that situation and separating the state and all that doesn't really exist when it comes to your family. And if it does, if you're listening and you put Bitcoin above your family, you might want to readdress that order because it's going to lead you astray. And it's going to be a bad setup for you down the road. And you may end up lonely and dead with just your Bitcoin. 
Yeah, man, it's a... People it's, don't think about it. It's yeah, real though. It's a, it's a hard lesson to learn, man. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say I chose Bitcoin over... No, no. Uh, but it it, uh, it could be it could be construed that way, I guess, in a sense. Like, okay. But, um, and I wasn't using your example, by the no, way. No, no, yeah, no. Okay. I, know, I know you're not, but yeah, you, I know you're you reflecting. Fixed, but I'm reflecting. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I just want to make <laughs> and, sure. Uh, I know a lot uh, of people oh, do this. I, I, I know. know. No, I, it's it's... It's something that uh, this is. This goes back to who who I am. Like I I, I love to to reflect, and I like sure. to know when I make a mistake. And uh, yeah, I think it's um got a lot of work to do, man. Yeah, we got a lot, a lot of people of forget that. A lot, a lot of, of people uh, forget a lot that. of things to learn. Yeah, still. no, this this game I'm is young, not over. Young Bitcoiner. Yeah, <laughs> Fiat young is Bitcoiner. A, Fiat is a big monster, and we're still fighting. But yeah, that's one thing that like my contribution is this is you know having these conversations and talking a bit. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm a very aware guy. I understand why my wife appreciates me and why she doesn't appreciate me. She's amazing, man. Appreciate, appreciate that, you getting man. my hand on some of those cupcakes and uh, cookies and stuff. We're going to do that. We're going to put that in the books here. But yeah, man, I don't know if you got anything else for me, Carl, but what's up, man? You got, you got to find anything? Hey, we're going to sign off. What are you doing? Uh, well, I was going to let it play out. I wanted to ask yeah. you, ask, ask, away, ask you one more question. As we're going as on an with. hour and 55 minutes. Love it. You know, the, this is what um, you were talking about, like why the reasons you do it. I, I think for me, it's really simple. It's just like, it's a, uh, it's first, it's like trying to see if we can create something really magical, right. With, yeah. with the conversation, like that's really cool. And then like seeing like what we can do as far as like the, the music and editing and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. And then eventually yeah. we'll get to video. But uh, I think for me, I, I just want to use it as a platform for plebs and, and for developers and for sure. people that want to have like an intimate conversation. Like I'm tired of this whole, like, um, this uh th these talks of like uh with agendas and stuff like that i, I really just want to have an intimate conversation yeah and just like uh let's see where we go like today i, I had no idea we we're gonna talk about drugs and yeah. talk about like we didn't even know we were gonna record till dinner but that's where like i think what i try to do here on thriller is just like try to just like have an intimate conversation and like yeah. try to pull it out of people and see what uh who they really are yeah and i think today with you it's um yeah, I learned a lot about you, man. <laughs> That's good, man. No, I think we, we learn a lot from each other every time we talk. No bullshit. I've, I've told you that off the mic. Every time we talk, we like kind of just like both walk away from it like, oh, yeah. So like it's mutual, man. That's why I love having these combos. As far as the show, I think you do that very well. Uh, and I think you're like that little mission statement that you just hit on there is being executed at a T. Like that's exactly what you're doing with these shows. And uh, yeah, man, anybody who's trying to be who I am. And you're winning, but you're bringing experience. Like you're growing, you're learning things, and you're bringing the execution side of it back to a lot of people think this podcasting stuff is easy. You think it's easy because you're already hitting free throws. But when you weren't hitting free throws or when you were just learning how to shoot a free throw, oh, dude, yeah, I guess you got a point. Yeah, man. This is this is like like an easy goal. These are just like layups, bro. These are just like doing drills. Yeah, but it takes a lot. And it, and it, and now that there's like, I forgot what Curry's numbers were, but like if you go to podcast, guy's a like, master. He's a genius. Adam Curry. He's going to be... Oh, crap. Well, this will be out when it gets announced. He's supposed to be at the next ABC. I'm looking on getting him on. At least meeting him, but also getting yeah, him on the show. Um, I've been... Yeah, since 2018, Value for Value has been a part of my thing. I think it's important for us to only garnish what we deserve to garnish. And that goes back to... How do you see that playing out over time? The value? I know value for Value? Just real quick before we sign off. like, How do you see that Value for Value with Podcasting 2.0? Um, cause you know a lot about that. You're one of the early, yeah. uh, Bitcoin podcasts that actually jumped on that train. Well, um, I think, I think it's the only way we keep this decentralized, meaning that podcast is the only medium that's left, um, that can't be censored. 
uh, which is why I'm so passionate about it. And I was so long ago. Now, before it was a caveat to that, which is you couldn't be censored technically, meaning that your RSS feed could still live, but you would be censored because the big dogs, the Spotify's, the apples would remove you from the platform or block you from the platform if you were to not to play with their rules. So that's where the caveat where a lot of people, uh, especially video people, uh, which I was late to, uh, video people were more like, audio guys are never going to make it because YouTube is king and video is king and all that stuff, right? So I can never beat that. Now, when Kareem came, uh, and, and team, I don't want to put all the all, all, all the, uh, the the work on Kareem, but yeah, the, when, when he came and value for value and the value block ended up on the RSS feed, that changed the game forever because now the situation came about where it was like, oh, the, the RSS feed will live forever, but oh, this podcasting apps that are not Spotify that actually would still broadcast my RSS feed and allow people to pay me uh, uh, what Spotify wouldn't pay me. This is where I think you're exactly right. Just real quick. Yeah, uh, man. This is where I think you're exactly right. Like if, if the world collapsed tomorrow, we still could do podcasting, right? 1000%. Right? Yep. Like, yeah, we need electricity and stuff like that. But like, it's, it's a small enough file it literally is a small enough file. You're yep. talking about like 136 megabytes at, at most. You can even drop it down to like 96 KB, right? Yep. And get it down to like probably like 30 or 40 megabytes. Yeah. Right? Yep. You can drop those on thumb drives. Those can be spread across. Your, like, and then that's, a, that's, that's, that's spoken word. I had this like, argument. That's powerful. Like, and then, and then like, like that to me is like how we share ideas, how this world is built. Like it's, it's through, that's why, dude, for me, man, there's nothing more beautiful than like a nice day of spending time listening to music or listening to audio. Like, yeah. I hope I never lose my hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I pray. Yeah. I pray that I never do. Cause like, I'd rather lose my vision before I lose my hearing. I love looking at great art, but like, I want, <laughs> I want to have my ears for the rest of my so, life. So I had this like uh, argument, uh, episode 40 something, uh, check out uh, on talking bits with Ben, right? Cause he's a video guy inherently. I got onto video late and I'm an audio guy inherently. So I had that same exact I love audio. I'm passionate about it. Right. So I, I was like, so I, I told him the same thing. I was like, inherently podcasting is Bitcoin, right? Because not only are podcasts decentralized, like Bitcoin is decentralized, but the same thing you said, right? The argument about, during the block size wars, the argument wars that if the block if the block sizes would increase, then that means the computer or the device or the node that you would be running would have to also increase in, in, in size and capacity and RAM, right, to be able to push this stuff, right? So that wasn't scalable to parts of the world where they can't get computers, right? So I made that same argument for podcasting where it's like, inherently video gets bigger with size. You get 8K, you're going to have 16K at some point. Right. Those files are now 4, 8. I handle 4K video all the time. For me to upload an episode of Talking Invest to YouTube literally takes me a whole afternoon. Yeah, you're right. Because like uh, audio is like the only thing that we already know where it's like it's plateaued, right? For the most part, right? right. And then it actually, some people prefer like, you know, tape, cassette or whatever. But it, I, I go back to this point where there's like these young kids nowadays who yeah. are like, who all have the same tools, like, right? They, so they have like, they have like this, right? They have like this and they're making beats and they're doing all this kind of stuff, right? But what's, what's interesting about it is they're, they're smarter now, right? Because like everybody's playing on the same playing field now. Yeah. So now it comes down to how good are you with audio? Sure. Like, how are you going to stand out as far as like what you can do creatively yeah. with this stuff? Because we're all playing with the same tools. Right. But how are you, how, 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 how is, how is your taste level? It comes back down to like, do you know, 
do you have good taste in things? Like, right. do, do you see something and, and know like that's, that could work in this way? Like it comes down to experience and it comes down to like consuming good shit. It's like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to yeah. consume bad stuff, like and, bad and, content. Like consuming bad content is not good for you. You want to consume yeah. good content if you're going to be a creative, because therefore you're going to be able to create amazing things. You can't create amazing things if you're looking at shit content on Netflix. Like right. you have to make, you have to consume the greats in order to make great things. It's, it's that simple. It's like, and be, and be global so minded and be global minded because you, in order for you to absorb good shit, you need to have the tools to do so. So exactly. I can't send an AK file over to the Netherlands easily. And in the Netherlands, that person would need an AK monitor to even give a fuck that that was a great file. On the contrary, I could send really low compressed audio. I could send it to them in a thumb drive, like you said, and all they would basically need is maybe a Walkman, right? Which they can get. Yeah. Right, to be able to listen to amazing audio and amazing conversations that we're having and be inspired to do their art. Uh, video is not scalable. It's pretty, it's nice, but that's for thinking very United States-ish. That's for thinking very Western, right? We're not thinking global, right? Uh, and podcasting now with the value block inserted in there for value for value. It's changing the game already, man. I got, I got a boost the other day from somebody that said, shout out from the Netherlands. It's changing the game, bro. You see what I'm saying? So like to me, ever since 2018, when, when Kareem unlocked that Pandora's box for me, I just said, whoa, I don't need. And that's when I started. You listen to my earlier episodes. I started boycotting Spotify. I started boycotting these things. And it's basically because I no longer needed those people to tell me how my audience were to listen to me. And conversely, they didn't need to tell my audience how they can contribute to my show to keep the lights on. That was all destroyed by value for value and putting that block into the RSS feed. Now we're, you know, we have apps like Fountain and we have apps like Overcast and and a lot of different apps. Uh, And I like to remind people of that. I speak Fountain on every single episode, but that's because I use Fountain. There's a lot of podcasts and 2.0 apps. And I want to keep that decentralized because Fountain, Fountain, Fountain just means centralized, centralized, centralized. And although Fountain is really cool, there's other ways you can do this and you can try this. But to me, it's just very simple. Give me a penny. Give me whatever you think is worth it. Ultimately, you're going to decide if the show is worth it or not. And lately, I've just been giving splits to everybody. Like, If you're on the show, you get a percentage. If you give me a something that I could talk about, you get a percentage. If you do music, you get a percentage. If you do uh, uh, cover art, you get a percentage. Now I'm turning the podcast into something that's like decentralized to the point where it's like everybody's a producer. Just be a producer. Just come in and help me out with the show because time, as we talked about, and I split you some sets. We Boss. should all be making money. Boss. Right? Or not even making money. We should all be earning sets. That's that's a more clear, concise statement there. Because yeah. money is shit. And it doesn't matter what the money is. But if you love talking a bit so much that you say, and then you're going to laugh at this one because I know you tell me all the time, <laughs> hey, man, that intro is absolute <laughs> shit. <laughs> change your intro, Jose. Well, now, Carl, no, 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 if no, you no. change my intro... No. You will get splits on the show. <laughs> I'll give you a way better intro than that. Let well, me, then you, you as a producer for making a new intro, are now part of the I'll show. Give you a new intro. And you'll get splits. And how, I, I open how, that how, up to how, anybody. How much of a second bumper do you need? How much of a what? Let's see, there you go. Well, we'll figure it out. What is it? I didn't even hear the question. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good spot to end it. But dude, yeah. thanks for coming on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be doing these. We'll probably do these monthly. Uh, sure. Who knows? Like, uh, but if you, I'm just going to, I'm going to show you here for a second. Yeah. This guy's been doing podcasting for a really long time. I think uh, he was early on the video stuff. He was definitely early on the podcasting 2.0 stuff. Uh, he has a loud opinion on things and like that's respect, right? Cause like not a lot of people will uh, shoot from the hip like this guy. But, um, the, the thing is, is like, he's very passionate about what he says, Jose. 
And and the last thing is like, he's just real. <laughs> you're, you're not going to get a more real Bitcoiner than this guy sitting across from me. Uh, and, and that to me is like what I love about you the most is like, you always know where, where you are with Jose on things. Cause he's going to make it clear as day and there's no BS around it. And like, if you haven't checked out talking in bits, go check it out. It's uh it's an amazing podcast. And uh, it's one that I listen to not as often as I probably should, but uh, I, I definitely listen to it at least once every couple of weeks. Appreciate yeah, you, so man. Yeah. This a, is an honor, good. by the way, before we sign off. An nah, honor to dude, be here. It's just a, this little small little pleb podcast called mm-hmm. Thriller. That's nah, it. Nah, yeah, nah. I've been, but we've been talking Thriller for a while. So uh, it's an honor to, to be on here. And Thanks uh, for coming on. Appreciate it. Anytime, like you said, in town, we'll be here. Um, I appreciate all the, the kind words there. Uh, yeah, love you for everything you do, man. Uh, love, love you, you for too, being brother. a friend. Uh, that's most important than all this other stuff. Being a friend is really important to me. So love you for that. Uh, yeah, man. Check me out on Twitter. Deathbed, D-E-F-B-D. That's my that's personal. That's also his, uh, his uh, Spotify what? old band. Uh, oh, yeah. Check old... out the... <laughs> Tell him that real quick. Yeah, go to SoundCloud if you want. Type D-E-F-B-E-D. Um, there's a few songs when I used to be a rapper, past life. Uh, there's one of my favorite podcasts that says, um, life is a series of moments and moments pass. So let's hold on to this one. Like if it's the last we'll ever have. Stop dropping these lines on Twitter and start dropping these bars, bro. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that was a phase of my life. Go check me if you want to have a good laugh. Yeah. Uh, Deathbed. Nah, but Deathbed on Twitter. Gonna, yeah, I just listened to it earlier. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Talking in Bits is the the podcast. It's Twitter. Uh, TalkingBits.com. Yeah. Go check us out. Podcasting 2.0 apps. Show us yeah. some love. Uh, what was I going to say? One other thing. <laughs> so I, I used to have. I used to have a project too. It's on Spotify. No one will ever find it. See how you're laughing at me, but he don't put his stuff up? What's nah, up? Somebody will, somebody, somebody's curious enough to ask me, I'll, I'll go out and tell you guys. Yeah, 10,000 sets. Whoever sends you the link. <laughs> nah, it's just whatever away. sets you want to send. I'll, I'll, I'll post it back on there. Nah, I'm, I'm putting a bounty. I I'll, will give you 10,000 sets. Yeah, if you, if you find out what, what the name of my band was and like, there's albums on there. So there's albums of car out there. Uh, good and good, good and bad. I it's think I made great. one great album. I bet they're not great. great, but I think I made a mediocre. Is this the one on the album. mushrooms or not on the mushrooms? I never did mushrooms. Okay, dude. on oh. the weed or off the weed? This was probably like just hanging out with a bunch of Austinites. On weed? No, we were just, uh, like, this was like back in 2012, <laughs> 2011, when like we were all just like in this chill wave scene. Anyway, that's for a podcast for another day. It is. Yeah. yeah.